Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. <laughs> What's serious? Serious. We could make you delirious. Just a bit outside. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. Welcome back to the program. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, otherwise known as Sam Pete. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. We're talking New York sports nice. It's not that big a deal. Okay? We're going to talk uh, about some pop culture stuff. We're going to talk about New York sports. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk about baseball at the All-Star break. Parody, reign supreme. We're probably going to talk a lot about the Mets. That's fine. We may bring up uh, Sheldon Richardson and the New York Jets. We may bring up uh, Victor Cruz rehabbing the New York Giants. Football is mere weeks away. Uh, the NBA, so much has gone on since we were gone. The women won the World Cup, you guys. We're, we're not going to talk about that. But that's okay. It was cool. Um, so welcome back to the program. Uh, let's bring in the co-host because we have a ton to do tonight. We have a ton to get to. We have a ton to do. We have a ton of things going on. Um, he is live from Comac. He is uh, Mr. Brian Cal. That's the guy. He's the one. There he is. 
He has all sorts of stuff going on at his house, I feel like. It's just not your normal Tuesday night in suburban Comac. Well, that's redundant. Comac is a suburb. So we just say Comac. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Long time no speak. I, uh, it, it's been been a while. We could get them all. We them all, all out tonight. Yes. Ten seconds. Knock them all out. Exactly. Welcome uh, back to the program, buddy. I mean, thanks. Doing the program again is what I meant. Well, well, that's that's right. That's right. We this, there hasn't been a program that I've been away from. No, it just hasn't been a program. No, period. You've, you've been on the program for years. I like a half. I mean, for all five and a half that we've been doing it. Right. <laughs> so it's I've not, been there. It's not welcome back to the podcast. It's more hey. It's almost like, well, welcome everybody back to us. That's right. Kind of. We should. Um, there's a ton of sports to talk about, New York and otherwise, Cal. Are, are you prepared to do that? Yeah. Um, are you prepared since you're uh, you're not in New York? I'm not in New York anymore. For the first time. It feels like the first time. Are you Are you getting a call? Uh, oh, PJ's, PJ's calling us. Lots of breakup. Oh, boy. Lots of breakup. Oh boy! Hopefully it's ask, steady. Ask, ask PJ if it's me. I don't think it's you. I think it's actually me. I think it's my connection. Let me work. Give me. Can you? Let's bring the bishop in here for a second. Can we bring Bishop in here? Bish, come yeah, on in. Yeah, of course. Come, come on in, big guy. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in, Governor. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in, uh, Lieutenant. Come on in. I'm shy. Uh, don't be shy. Wow, new new intro music for the Bish. Oh boy. Oh. It's a montage. It's a montage. Wow, we we owe all of these artists five hundred thousand dollars right now. Yeah, a piece. <laughs> Madonna. That's Madonna. That's, that's okay. called the royalties cool. megalode. And every member of the gang. You guys talk for a second. I'm going to improve our connection. Talk. You both sound like you're running in place. Hi, PJ. I mean, this oh, is both a complete... In- There's a terrible internet failure. Wow. Do you think it has to do with wow. a new hope? <laughs> a new hope? Star Wars Chapter 4? Right. The, in the internet failure? Now, this entire time, I thought he was moving to not New Hope... To uh, Bob Hope? What's, to, I thought he was moving to Bob Hope, PA. Is that not right. true? It's right next to Chevy Chase, Maryland. Right. <laughs> they must play a lot of golf. They do. A lot of, lot of, got a lot of celebrity tournaments in both places. There's a lot of golf going on if Bob Hope and Chevy Chase are involved. That's all I'm saying. That's right. So how are you? How are you, PJ? Combined, those two haven't been funny in 150 years. Oh! <laughs> Is that good? Where's our rim shot? Did I, <laughs> you know what? In the, this entire time, I've never put a rim shot on the, on the soundboard. No. Why, would, why would you? Five and a half years. Because we're never that 700 funny. sound clips. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Only Paul that's McCartney the up there. That's like when you buy the, the sound clip package for a podcast. It comes standard right. with a rim shot. I have I have the 
the entire sound library of ESPN. I, I did it for them. It's like 80 gigabytes of just little, little sounds, golf hits, crowd noise, airplanes flying overhead, everything you could ever want. But I don't think there's a rim shot. Anyway. Well, now it sounds like I'm alone. Anybody left? I have no one. Oh, this is depressing. Let's call for Cal first. Cal? Cal? If he's there, I can't hear him. How about this? It's complete internet failure. Uh, should we restart the episode? What should we do? What should we do? What if I do this? Are you welcoming yourself back into the program? Well, I was just trying to get something something going that that. Where'd you go? You faded. See, now yeah, I can't I, uh, I couldn't hear a thing. I think this is Blog Talk Radio. I don't think this is uh, Steve or you. No, no, I'd like to blame it on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, unless you're on just a, a completely spotty phone. Hello. Well, I I am on phone. Okay, hi boys. We're gonna try how, this again. Yeah, how are we feeling about this? This should be much better. I just improved the connection markedly. How did you How did you do that? I uh, I moved. Okay, long story short, too late. The, uh, the no, I want the long version. Oh, okay. So so not the Reader's Digest. No, no, as long as possible. Just the, um, right the beginning. Okay. In 1987, Al a, Gore invented the <laughs> a company called Verizon was born out of um, – no, I uh, – so in the new place, guys, uh, the, the uh, Wi-Fi, the router, is in the living room. This is a substantially bigger place than I was in before, uh, two floors even. Oh. <laughs> Excuse us. Yeah, exactly. So um, – uh, so the only right, Mr. Jefferson. The only Wi-Fi is in the living room. So I didn't. I tried to do this from the kitchen. It's Wait, a long the place street. is so big, you only get Wi-Fi in the living room? No, <laughs> no. I I have to get one of those uh, Wi-Fi extenders. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't it doesn't really travel into the rest of the house. Like upstairs, the signal's not as strong. So what I right. did was I just took the whole operation from the dining room across the house to the living room and hardwired it. it did it take you did it take you so long because it took you that long to walk from one That's room right. to the other I in, had to in go, your sprawling new compound. I had to, go had to, to get the on West the segue. <laughs> right. Exactly. And of course well, the there troubling... was I was running and doing this while the Benny Hill music was playing. Well of course. As I'm trying to frantically find cables because we're not unpacked. We're not even close to unpacked. I don't even know where the kids are. They may still be in a box. <laughs> they are still in one of our totes. I hope not. 
and so, of course, I'm frantically... Teresa's running around in a bra for some reason. I'm like, what are you doing? Just chasing you? Yeah, how did you know? She's like, well, I heard the music. I don't know. I figured I heard the Benny Hill music. I figured I should probably strip down. Hey, let's check in with the producer, PJ. How does it sound now? Well, he sounds good, but the troubling thing was that while Cal and I were talking, Cal had a 20-second dropout where I thought I was alone or perhaps disconnected. Is that like a beauty school dropout? Which means, of course, (laughs) the front end of the show now sounds really bad. Yeah, we're going to have to fix fix that in post. We're going to have to post that in the fixes. Right. How about now? Do I sound better now? You sound great to me. PJ? Do I sound better? It's an improvement. I just took myself off Wi-Fi. I'm using data. <laughs> You're using data? What are you calling on? Your cell? On my cell phone. You're using Skype on your cell phone? Yeah. I'm sort of sitting in the corner right now. What, I'm, is, I'm go- a- what is going on? Come on. You're going to do a two-hour and 30-minute program burning up 4G? <laughs> it's unlimited. That's, that's dedicated. That is dedicated. Oh, nonsense. It's unlimited. Nothing's unlimited. Of course it is. That's what they tell me. (laughs) Right. Until the bill comes. That'll be $8,000. You ever notice how much hotter using all just just dedicated 4G makes your phone? Oh, my goodness. No, I've never noticed that. Oh, very hot. Well, you're going to find out tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Why is it getting warm? Why does (laughs) it feel like I'm holding an iron? I uh speaking of phones guys uh for the first time in uh I think it's I think I've had an iPhone for almost 4 years I dropped it and destroyed it hey. during, during the move congratulations well, it was bound to happen yeah. didn't you didn't you just say that you had destroyed your iPad as well That's correct right. after 3 years in the move so you now three own two no. broken Apple devices well, I took it. Uh, I took the phone. I had to do something with the phone. There were pieces of glass like in my ear when I would speak on it. Yeah. I mean, that's how much I, I. That's how much I destroyed it. So I. Uh, I found this place in the mall. Uh, I went to speak to Verizon. Blah blah blah, and they were like, "No, no, you're not due for an upgrade until like 2018. You, you have a better chance of getting the Browns back in Cleveland." <laughs> like, like that was wait. But the Browns are back. In no, but I'm saying that was like the plan they gave me. Like, you remember when the Browns left Cleveland and we said, we'll give you the franchise back in five years? That's my next upgrade. You get a franchise back? That's correct. Um, oh. All right. It's a bad example. Gosh, man. Harsh. Just I'm just not understanding the reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Did you get a anyway. new phone? No, I got the Expos. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I am now the proud owner of the, of the Quebec Nordique. There's no S at the end, by the way, you guys. Um, Well, there there is. You just don't don't pronounce it. Correct. It's like 1 800 mattress. (laughs) I leave the last S off for being French. So, um. (laughs) I call 1 800 maitre. So the guy in the mall goes, No, no, you can't. (laughs) Maitre. Is that three mattresses? (laughs) (laughs) That's Trey Matt. It's totally different. So the guy in the the mall goes. That's a South Park fan site, so don't even go there. That's right. <laughs> the Verizon guy's got some sort of racket going where he's like, no, no, you're not due for an upgrade. But you see that Cal's cubicle? Cal's giggling. I love when Cal giggles. <laughs> that, 
It's just so funny, though. You see that cubicle three away from me? Yeah, go over to that guy. Tell him Mark sent you, and he'll fix the screen for like 60 bucks. There's no guy named Mark, is there? No, I went over. Sure enough, there's Mark. And he's like, yeah, give me, give me like 20 minutes. Like, All right. Wait a minute. <coughs> you have to tell the guy Mark that Mark <laughs> sent you? I believe they were both named Mark. <laughs> it's a weird mall so here in I got the screen replaced, the but it's a mess. The length and of this story is that you got your screen replaced, right? But it's a mess. It's a mess. The I wanted the long version. The, the, oh, boy. The screen, the screen is still popping out. I got to take it back to Mark. I'm not sure which Mark. Which is. one? <laughs> Whatever you it's do, like just tell Mark. It's like a Terrence Malick film. It is. God. <laughs> and then I stopped to look at the trees. And then Nick Cage was there. Uh, why? <laughs> Tell him Mark sent you. <laughs> I can fix your phone. <laughs> I tell you, it's some racket they got at the kiosks over at the uh, the mall over in Langhorn. Different than the racket up here in New York? I'm sure it's no different. I, ha- I hadn't been to a mall in, you know, 20-odd years. You've done a lot of things you haven't done in 20-odd years in there's, the last there's been a number of weeks. Firsts. I mowed the PJ. I mowed my lawn on Sunday morning. Hubba hubba. I haven't mowed a lawn in 23 years. I that's have an electric. Good, it's, no, that's that's good for the manliness. Oh, it's definitely. Supplement your oh. testosterone. You're not going to have oh. low T now. It was beefy. I love that you chose yeah. Sunday morning to do it. Sunday morning, I was out there about 8:39. He's become such a cliche, Cal. He's so it happened so overnight. Precise. Um, and uh, out there with my electric mower, I know you're all jealous, my Black & Decker electric, mm. and my 100-foot of cable, <laughs> my 100-foot of cord. And uh, I mowed that son of a bitch. Mowed it. And I, I listen to, uh, like you do, Cal, I listen to podcast nights. That's what you do. Yeah. Or you listen to a ball game. But in this case, they were not playing at 10 o'clock in the morning. Was there weed whacker? Any... Got your weed whacker yet? Got I your edger? I don't, I don't have a weed whacker. I'm just mowing. Everything else, I'm I have a I'm having a service for. Was there a neighbor walking out to pick up his newspaper and his robe at the same time? Already met my neighbor, Larry. He's tremendous. Yes, we're not going to be. And he has a hot tub. <laughs> of course, he does. <laughs> He's not that. And Larry. what's the name of the local bar? The Regal Beagle. Good night, everybody. <laughs> the crow's nest. No, um, I have when I the tell lock you, and key. When I tell you, Larry is uh, fantastic, <laughs> wonderful guy. Probably the most cliched neighbor I could possibly have. Does he call you neighbor? Uh, he's uh, he a little bit. He's like in his fifties. Got a couple. You know, he got grown kids. His wife is lovely, Debbie. Did he invite you over to his garage for a beer? Not yet, but he uh, loaned me loaned me a ladder and helped me run the internet cable up to the second floor. Of course, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, tremendous. There I am sitting there on Sunday cleaning out my garage, talking to Larry, having a beer in suburbia. <laughs> my neighbor's got a pit bull. Yeah, one of our neighbors has a big. Big, like, scary dog. My neighbor is Pitbull. 
<laughs> the rapper? It's a party Did he make all you do time? a duet with him? <laughs> Come over, Cal. We're going to do it. I had to wear my white pants. <laughs> my neighbor is Pitbull. You just envision Pitbull living in suburban Long Island. <laughs> hey, everybody's having a good time. That's it. Diggity doll, I'm hanging with Cal. <laughs> How are you guys doing? What's going on over there? What's going on? PJ, you, you've been uh, trotting the globe lately, haven't you? I've been to Orlando, been in the pool. Shuffleboard. Boca Vista. <laughs> Ate dinner at four. Uh, my <laughs> wife and I were just uh, my wife. sharing my a wife. Vid- <laughs> watching a video of uh, sorganisms. Oh, nice. Uh, I've, I've been re-watching The West Wing, and I can't get through season one because he's recycled every line in the newsroom. Really? So I'm pointing at a TV going, look at this. Can you believe this? She, she said, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? So I looked up Sorkinisms, and, of course, on YouTube, someone's made a super cut of every oh, recycled Sorkin. No line. way. Yeah, and we're just watching it and laughing. Oh, save that for the fun load. And that's what you traveled to Disney to do? That's what we to do watch we went, yeah. organisms on YouTube. You guys, you guys went all the way to, to Orlando state. for that? We go state to state and watch YouTube together. It's kind of sweet. It's a little bizarre. And this is how we shall grow old. Yes. How romantic. Well, listen, we have we have Brad Callett from uh, uh, WFAN and CBSNewYork.com coming on in a few minutes to talk about the Mets, guys. Because baseball is at the uh, the All Star break. Oh, it sounds like one of you guys is is feeding back. Could that be you, PJ? Shut it. What? Why do you got to get angry at me? It's not me. I'm just using up data. <laughs> I'm just swallowing my entire data plan. Um, Cal, you the before we get to that, you had uh, the trip with the girls. You were in Connecticut with the dancing and the contests and stuff. No, oh, right. That's are right. they are they fully recovered? Competition, not a yeah. contest. But well, it it is a it is a contest, isn't it? It, it? it it is a contest, but that's not. We didn't go away for a contest. So <laughs> it wasn't. So, so I made it sound as if you won a contest. Like you made it sound like we went away for like an obstacle course. <laughs> that's not exactly how it went. You were the fiftieth caller on WHN, <laughs> and you and you went away. Right, the girls entered a sweepstake, <laughs> and you got you got tickets to go see Waylon Jennings. Right, and Madam. And Madam, right. Uh, I no, don't think that's right, though. They were in. A, I don't know why they would be performing together. That would be an unbelievable show. Isn't it Waylon Flowers? It's Waylon Flowers and Madam. And Madam. And right. Waylon, wait, Waylon Jennings and Waylon, Waylon Flowers on the same bill? Oh my goodness. Uh, that would be the greatest show of all time. I and Jill think. and Jill Whalen from the Love Boat. Correct. I all on. I believe uh, Whalen uh, Flowers is dead. He might be, but Madam is not. Madam lives on. She lives on in the hearts. She's of, very quiet though. Of comedy fans everywhere. She doesn't say much anymore. Look, see, I see what you did there. Um, right. Because she's a puppet. Because she was a puppet. That's correct. <laughs> and her voice was, was voiced by a man who's dead now. That's correct. Well, we've gotten we've gotten to the bottom. Of did it. we clear all that up? It was a competition. They did very well. Thank you for asking. They did amazingly well. Yeah, they're awesome. My kids are just 
super have, awesome. Have and, they come down from the high yet? The competition high? No, not yet. They still think they're superstars. Right. Are they walking around like knocking stuff over in the house? Like, fine. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you yeah. going to do? What are you going to do to me? Well, they did that before the competition. Now at least they have an excuse. Right. Knocking, <laughs> knocking a soda out of your hand. Before they were just messy. Dad, what are you going to do? Right. I'm an they, point, they, they walk around carrying their trophies. <laughs> like, all right, I get it. Fine. All right, fine. Just like flip, flip dinner on the floor. Yeah, rip the couch. That's fine. I don't care. Call these eggs over easy. Yeah. Really? Just flip, flip over the breakfast plate. She slams them on the ground. I call them scrambled. Clean it up. <laughs> she is terrifying. It's all both of them. Right. The two of them. They're really. They really did terrorize the patrons of Foxwoods last week, though. That's that's tremendous. That's it was so hysterical. It's so funny. Just them roaming just these these dance. Competition right. teams roaming Foxwoods. Well, they had a scavenger hunt one night. In yeah, well, well, well one of the rules was no casino floor. Get yeah, I was gonna say it was one of the one of the things like get me a fifty dollar chip. Right. It was, get me a bar of soap. Bring to, bring me an ashtray from a roulette table. Twelve <laughs> year old kids. The pants of a Chinese gambler, please. <laughs> On the list. On the list. Yeah, you had to get it. You could bring the man with you. We didn't expect him <laughs> to take the pants off the guy. Right. but It's not ridiculous. No. The sunglasses of a poker player imitating Phil Ivey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 100 bonus points if you find Phil Ivey. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just Emma walks in with Phil Ivey. <laughs> this is what you asked for, right? Cross it off the list, baby. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. They did great. That's all, awesome. as as always, and I'm proud. Well, we we've talked so much over the uh, the course of doing this podcast, 235 or seven odd times, or whatever. We've talked so much about uh, Wesley and uh, my experiences with Wesley with athletics and stuff like that, and we've never really been able to go into it a ton about the girls with their dance competitions because they've been getting into it more and more over the last year or two. Right, and they're girls. Um, yeah, but but it but it is, it is as it's it's completely as intense as any sporting event that my kids could participate in, if not oh. more so. Oh, it was. Um, I yeah, mean, it's insane. I thought I was at I was on the set of American Idol the other day. Yeah, with and, the music and the lights, and it was just it was intense. Yeah, and you you can attest to the fact that these people are. Are no joke. These girls are and guys. You know these dancers are incredible. They're athletic. They're, um, you know, they're doing uh, incredibly athletic stuff. And it is a competition. I mean, if if we were ever going to talk about the, you know, say the Winter Olympics and talk about gymnastics or or one of those uh, type sports, which is based on judging. Yep. I mean, this is this is a very similar kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, it was I, I I was joking before about it being a contest, but it's it really it's a it is a competition and they're competing against other dancers yeah. from really all over the country. It feels like without it being a sport and especially, you know, how you've been able to uh talk to us about it, you know, like talk to the guys about it and stuff. Yeah, I li- I sort of live texted yeah. the event. Yeah, we, we had a little running diary on. Um that 
you know, again, outside of them playing actual sports, and we saw the women's soccer team win the other day and great things for women's sports, like, this is, this is, you know, this is it. This is, yeah. a, this is a sporting event. This is. Oh, yeah, this, is, this was a very high level of competition, whether it was dance or if, it was, if you had taken your son to a hockey tournament or right. a baseball tournament. This, this is the equivalent of that Absolutely. for girls. Right. Or and, if, they had, if they had been in their own soccer tournament. Sure. It's, it, but it's, it's, it's as intense and as competitive as any of that. And also where it gets you know, really difficult, I would imagine, it's subjective. You know, it's at the ju- end. yeah, it's judged. I mean, it's all based on judging. Like in a soccer game, if you score more goals than the other team, you usually win. Well, and for most of the week, their routines or their dances were they were scored. Right. So, so how how they placed was based on a score. So that was very, that wasn't as subjective. That was very sports ish. That was very sportsish because it was all right. You, you you know you get ten out of ten points for each of these categories, and then they scored you. Right. And they happened to score high enough to qualify for the finals at the end of the week, which then became subjective. Right. And then, then they, it was right. superstar camp, and then it was all up to the judges. It was like it was like American Idol, where you just call and you vote for your favorite. The, the judges just voted for their favorite at that point. They didn't score anything. Right. They just sat back and watched. I'll tell you, man, the amount of pride, though, you have to have in these two girls, like, where they've come, I can't even imagine. It's crazy. And and like I I told you guys, I have have bargained with God for the Mets (laughs) to win a game. I'm I'm ashamed. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm ashamed to. Right. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, If you just just let them win this game, then... I'll, I'll do this. Whatever, yeah. Um, that's how, you know, that's how diehard I am. It, that pales so much in comparison to how much you want your kids to win when they're in a competition. Right. I mean, like, I I can't, I can't even describe it. Right. How sick to my stomach I was while I was waiting for those results on Saturday. And then how, and then how disappointed and devastated I was when they didn't win. Right. They weren't devastated and disappointed. No, they were, you, guys, you guys went to juniors and they they sucked down some huge, you know, what looked like Emma was having like a brisket sandwich or something. Emma ordered, um, well, put it this way, I ordered the twin corned beef and pastrami combo sandwiches on okay. onion rolls. Sure, twin, twin, twin. meaning meaning two. Yeah, right. I ordered that. Uh, my nine-year-old daughter ordered the same thing. <laughs> She looked like she was really like ready to tuck into it too. Exactly. She's actually been eating it for three days now. <laughs> for the leftovers home, she's right. still eating it. She's but taking they, it for lunch every day. Yeah, and 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 then my other one was just you know she ate all the pickles that they gave for the table. Right. Mutiri, every one of them. Yeah. They uh, they 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 bounced back very nicely from it. That didn't didn't really affect them. They just they. They had a blast. What's good about it is that they they don't really get obsessed with the competition yet, right? Which is good because yeah. they're not they don't have the ability to be devastated right now. Yeah, which is good. Speaking of devastated, mm. let's uh, let's talk about some sports, buddy. Yeah, that's, I love to talk about sports. Well, look, a lot has gone on in the last few weeks. Um, I think we last did a show. What was it? Oh, thank you, Peach. Nineteen seventy four. 
we were. I, I, I remember the last thing was Hank Aaron had broken a record right. of some sort. And we were talking about Ron Bloomberg being the first designated hitter, I right. think. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and that Charlie Finley is crazy. Crazy. Orange baseball. <laughs> um, no, I think we last did a show, I think it was three weeks ago, um, or it would have been three weeks ago this Thursday night. Um, and so, you know, a lot has gone on, especially with the Mets. Obviously, baseball at the uh, halfway point, well, a little past halfway point, but that at the Midsummer Classic, so much to discuss about that itself, Cal, because... Can, can we title this segment Baseball at the Break? I don't see any reason why not. Let's do it. Baseball right. at the Break. All right, sir. RTU yep. presents Baseball at the Break. What do you have to say about that? Um, well, there were a number of things that were interesting to me about the All-Star Game being in Cincinnati. So we've this is our fifth... You know, we're in our sixth year of doing the show, which means we've done five All-Star games. So we've talked about the All-Star game. We've talked about it, meaning I think we did a show the night after the tie, right? Or no, uh, when was the tie? No, the tie was before us. The tie was like 10 years ago? Right. Right. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. But we, we spoke about the tie. We've spoke about the idea that the game means something. We've spoken about what the game meant to us as kids. Um, did so, we? Yeah, a little bit. Because I've for six years, I've always wanted to talk about that, and we never get to. You feel like we've never... Okay. It always gets Lindsey Buckingham. It always it does. Um, well, I'll say this. Let me open then, uh, and, and uh, Brad Callett's going to call us in a couple minutes, and we're going to talk about the Mets at the break, and baseball in general. But uh, while we're waiting for him to call in, uh, Bri, your, your, my best recollection of the All-Star game was, A, it was a must-watch. It was a must-watch. Oh, yeah. And B, of course, in the early days, it was to see whatever Mets were there. But it also meant that you could see players you never got to see because there was no interleague and there was no MLB you know, extra innings package or any of that stuff or even really sports center. So, oh, you, you're going you're – going- Wait, you're going, going early 80s. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going like early, you know, mid-80s. Even like when we're, you know, 85, 86, you know, 83, 84. Like, yeah, let's go 83 to even like 90. You know? Let's go 83. 83 was... Um, Who's your all-star? Was that in California? Might have been. I think it was at Anaheim Stadium in yep. 83. Might have been. Who's it your all-star? 80- the Met all-star in 1983. Is it Stearns? The Met All-Star in 1983. Could have been Hernandez at that point, right? Nope. Oh, do you, oh you, I hear you typing. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it, but I'm pretty sure it's not Hernandez. I feel like it's... All he, I, just, he had just become a Met at that point. I remember the year... Wouldn't have been Stearns. I don't think he was around then. Are you sure? Isn't that Stearns' yeah. last year? I'm not sure, but I don't think it was him. Oh, Strawberry. It's probably Strawberry. Draws a rookie then. Oh, Orozco. Jesse Orozco. Orozco makes it in 83. Was it in Anaheim? I'm checking on that. But I... Because I I distinctly remember 84 was in San Francisco. Was in San Francisco, yes. And that was Gooden that struck out... The three in a row. Right. Pitching to Carter. He was pitching to Carter as an... Who they would get get the next year. Right. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Don't um, ruin it for everyone. Yeah, my bad. Um, their only all-star in 83 was Orozco. Wow. So they, were, they were bad in 83. 
They were a bad team. They were a last place team. They made the Hernandez trade, but they were a bad team. So weird because they they usually are not that bad in their history. Yeah, they, they they have so few years. They have a storied history that they would only have one All Star. Oh boy, come um, on! Are we doing that already? Orozco made the All Star team in '84 as well. Uh, that really surprises me. Orozco is very good. Don't I sound shocked? I feel your like... voice your voice went up. To the octave of shock. <laughs> to the shock octave? Shock octave? Shock, to the shock octave. Shock ock? Shock. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I remember those uh, those games, like, looking for the one Met All-Star. There was a year that it was only Stearns. Yeah, I want to say that was, like, 82. 77, 79, 80, and 82. Stearns made the All-Star team four times. That's how bad they were. He was the only All-Star. He was the only guy. It was either Stearns or Mazzilli from or Mazzilli, 77 right. to 83. I remember the Stearns 82 one stands out because I was at Kevin's house the next day and we were all excited because Stearns got an at-bat and he may have gotten a hit. 82, we, was 82 in Montreal? Yes, I believe so. And he And we saw it in the box score the next day. Because we fell asleep, <laughs> we didn't we didn't make it to his at bat. And in '79, Mazzilli Mazzilli hit, a home hit run the home run in right. Seattle. That's right. Um, what are your What are your memories of the All Star Game, Cal? Besides, you know, I have vivid memories of playing um, wall ball in my backyard. So I would throw. I had like a patio in the backyard, and then like a backyard with grass and stuff. And there was uh, one of the walls was a brick wall, and it was my garage. And I would, uh, not the front, the back of my garage. And so I would throw a ball, like a hard ball, off the wall, and I had to play the fielder. And so it would right. come off the wall, like, really hard. Did the exact same thing, but with a lacrosse ball. Right. Mine was, with, come, mine was with a beat-up baseball. And it would come off hard. Would come fa- the lacrosse ball used to come really fast. And I would play a whole game that way. Yes. I would you be know, the pitcher. Would you be the pitcher? Also? Yeah, I'd have yeah. to, and I'd have to get three outs, and I'd have to, you know, and I, I had a uh, a strike, uh, a box, right, on the wall, and In that chalk, was, correct, and that mm-hmm. was that was first base. Had the same exact thing. That's right. crazy. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, except that I also had a basketball hoop in the middle of the wall. Right. <laughs> so the pole degree of difficulty, right there. Exactly. So if I hit the pole the wrong way, the ball would shoot to the side and hit the hit the house. How often did you have to make like? How often did you give yourself a diving play? A lot. Yeah, I would too. A lot. And a lot of times the diving play was an over the shoulder fly ball that I had. To I would do, well. You would do the one hop, right? Right. So you would one hop the wall to get a fly ball. Right. Bounce off the wall, up in the air, and right. then I would dive. Off the off the ground wall, up right, there, right. Uh, I would do that all the time too, and try to make the over the shoulder, the Willie Mays, right. And then you'd also try to hit perfectly where the wall met the the cement, right, to get a so line drive. So it would be a line drive. So you get a line drive. That's right. And I remember being that was an after dinner game, right. So I would do that after dinner. So we would finish dinner. I had been. I wasn't. Uh, McWalters would have to go home for dinner. I would have dinner, um, and then I would play wall ball, and then my grandmother would come and get me for the All-Star game. Right. And then McWalters would usually come back down the block and watch the All-Star game. And what was what was the – you'll say the same thing as me. What was the best part of the All-Star game? 
Every year. Introductions. Yep. The intros. I in Every fact year. I used to get so upset when I missed the introductions. That's all I cared about yeah. at that point. If I missed the introduction, I was so upset. Because like you said, that was it was to see the players that you never saw yep. line up and get introduced and to see a Met get introduced. Let me ask you about another memory. Give me what stands out about those Met players from the mid-'80s that went every year? What stands out about them? Yeah. There were a lot of them. Right. But if you're, uh, So I'm talking about Hernandez, Carter, Strawberry, Gooden. All those, were the, those were like the four. Right. All at the All-Star game. What – and you in your – you see them in your head. What do you see? What's the one thing that stands out? I know you know this. With the uniforms? Well, what about it, though? With the stripes? No. What about them? The wh- oh. oh, oh, when they're lined up. The white shoes. Oh, the white shoes. They right. all wore white spikes. That's right. For some reason in the All-Star game, all the Met guys would wear white spikes. That's right. And it stands out so clear to me. It's, yep. It's so vivid to me that these guys would wear white spikes. And it looks so bizarre with a Met uniform because they always wore blue. That's right. They always wore blue spikes. I, I just I, I remember the Gooden striking out the three guys in a row. I, I wish I could remember who it was. One I feel the, like Lance Paris was one of one, them. Lance Paris was the last one. Is Daryl Evans in there? I mean, they were they were like these were good. I was going to say these were all stars, but <laughs> obviously they were. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but they, they. I I know that Lance Parrish is. Uh, I know Lance Parrish is one of them. I think yeah, that was the one that I remember for sure. And somebody pitched either before Gooden or after Gooden, and I don't remember who that was, but whoever that was. Also struck out the side. Atley Hammaker? Might have been Atley Hammaker. Atley Hammaker fell off the mound. Uh, at the All-Star game? Because of the wind, yep. Wait, he pulled a uh, Stu Miller? Was it, who's Stu Miller? Did he fall off the mound too? Stu Miller's the guy who fell off, fell off the mound, famously. I don't remember him. You don't? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that famous. Well, Stu, that's like a long time. It's before our time. Oh, okay. He fell off the mound at Candlestick Park, or was he on a field where the was mound Candle- was elevated? No, it was Candlestick Park. It was, was Candlestick he, Park. Yeah. Was he on the the MTV Rock and Jock field <laughs> with the twelve foot mound? Right. The the mound moves. <laughs> no, Stu Miller. That's the famous. Uh, that's, oh, so Stu Miller. Yes. I I have no idea who that is. You're an idiot. You said that like, you know, Stu That's Miller. the favorite, because Bob Murphy told that story every day. I'm now, looking it up. Well, now I remember. When you when you put it into the context of Bob Murphy. The Bob Murphy context? Of course I remember, yeah. Did Bob Stu Miller, I mean, band name. if you Google Stu Miller, you get, did Stu Miller really get blown off the mound? That's like one of the things that comes up. And is it an old wives' tale, or did he really get blown off the mat? Stu Miller, all-star who committed a wind-blown balk, oh. dies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just died. He just died this year. Recently. January 5th. He was wow. 87 years old. Wow. 
It, it is reported that a gust of wind blew the 165-pound Miller off the pitcher's mouth. Of course, he denied it until the day he died. Until <laughs> <laughs> January 5th? Till January 5th, that's correct. Atley Hammaker, I don't think was blown off the mound. I think he just fell. I think he just fell off the mound. Right. I can't believe you didn't remember the Bob Murphy, Stu Miller story. He told I, it every time there were candlestick. When you uh, mentioned candlestick. Candlestack? It's a whole different ballpark. Candlestack. <laughs> candlestack Park. That had the high mound. That's what the that's really high mound. Well, it was stacked. It was a mound stacked upon one another. Do you do you climb think a ladder? Right. Do you think it's ever possible? And we're gonna have Brad on in just a second. Is uh, he with us? He he's just about to be. Yes. Oh great. Um, but and we'll ask Brad these questions too. He's considerably younger than us. I can't wait to hear his all-star memory. Yeah. And he's like, uh, oh yeah, I remember when I was five and Prince Fielder right, hit a home run. Right. right. No, let's not. Let's say Brad is a little bit younger than us, but he's no, worldly. I'm no, I'm jealous. He, well, jealousy is the prime emotion right now. Very That's, jealous yeah, of him. Entirely jealous. <laughs> um, no, but uh, do you think it's ever possible for you to – Oh, better question. Has the game itself gotten away from you, or is it just because you've gotten older? In other words, because of extra innings, uh, you know, MLB extra innings, because of SportsCenter, because of um, – uh, interleague play has the game itself gotten away from you or yes. okay so it's yes. not not your age um i'm it's probably my age too but i still to, to and i watched it the introductions you did not absolutely i did shut the front door you really did i absolutely did i always loved the introductions so, and then i turned it off <laughs> that was good. I didn't, you're all set. didn't watch the game. Uh, Mike Trout hit a home run early, but other than that, I, I didn't watch I it. I believe he hit a leadoff home run. It can't get much earlier than that. <laughs> it, does, it, does, it usually doesn't. Nope. <laughs> Traditionally, that is the earliest you can hit a home run in a game. In a game, right. Yeah. Put plenty before the game, but they don't count. Yeah. <laughs> the, the batting practice one. But I still I love it, and even even on opening day for the Mets and, and in the World Series, I love watching. I love the introductions. The I love them. I'm that, right there with you. That will never change. But the actual game itself, long gone. Yeah, that's. But it's the game. It's because you see these guys all the time. It's because. Right. right. And and I I have to tell you, I'm I'm really turned off by the fact that they make it count for home field advantage. Right. That's a huge turnoff for you. So you would list that under turnoffs. That would be under dislikes. Okay. Right. <laughs> Along with rodents. Yes. Well, we've established that a few weeks ago on the show. Right. And the Yankees. Big turnoffs. Rodents <laughs> and Yankee fans. Right. And people that talk about themselves too much. That's well. That's everybody has that one. Let's so bring them in. I figure we'll bring him in with a band he's never heard of. <laughs> Ask him if he knows who this is. He's back for his second appearance on the show uh, on the podcast. We are thrilled to have Brad Pallet back. He writes for CBSNewYork.com and other places. Hi, Brad. Fellas, how you doing? It's, uh, it's good to be back on the show. How are you? 
Well, good, man. Thank you so much for uh, for coming back on. What's going on, brother? How you been? It was my pleasure. Listen, man, it, it was difficult to get on the show tonight because you gave me the number <laughs> of a up. truck repair company, <laughs> and uh, my good my good my my good buddy Dave, who's taking a break from studying from the bar, is, is listening right now, and he gave me the 420 number. Otherwise, I never would have been on tonight because I kept tweeting at you, San Pete, to give me the right number because. I called the number and they asked me if I'm either a trucker or a repairer. I hope you said I'm neither. I was at a loss. Uh, yeah, I it was one for trucker, two for uh, repair. It always and, is. Uh, I didn't know what to do, so I I got the I got the, I'm I got so the sorry, number. Dude. So sorry. Don't worry I, about um, it. No, it was, it's, and it's, I, it's a good story. I just checked Twitter like like uh, a couple minutes ago, and I'm like, but, you know, because you've been so prompt and stuff, and we had set it up, and I'm like, I know I gave him the number, and I I am separated from my phone right now, Brad, because we had some technical problems because I'm in a new house, and uh, and it, anyway, so right, I go check Twitter, right. and I, I see your I see your direct <laughs> message, and I'm like, oh man, I gave him the entirely wrong number. Oh my goodness, yeah, where did that number Where did that number even come from? What yeah, the hell is eight seven seven? That is that the island? What is that? Eight, no, the the guest call-in number that is toll-free oh, gotcha. is is 877-404-0820. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, but, the, but I put 877-404-1820. So I was one there digit off there. But that digit means you're a trucker now, my man. <laughs> I know. I know. It's good to know. But, hey, man, it all worked out. I'm, uh, I'm glad it's you great to have you back, brother. Your, your all-star discussion it was it was very interesting you guys you guys are ripping me because i'm young that's all that's all good not no, ripping, no, no no not no, ripping no. you it's not ripping we, we are entirely jealous of the fact that you are young yes. please you guys are young character. too you guys are, yeah, you, you guys are young too We're, yeah. you guys are very young let me you got, uh, you got beautiful me, families yeah, yeah, yeah relative to like trees <laughs> <laughs> Brad, let me ask you, because we, we, yes. before we get into all the Mets and stuff like that, and, and there's plenty, obviously, to talk about. And you, you wrote a really good article the other day, or I guess it was last week, it. about uh, Sandy Alderson and, um, you know, uh, you know, just not the excuses that are there. And then Stephen Matz goes out. We're going to get into all that. But right. um, on the All-Star game, I'm really curious as to uh, your – you know, your feelings about it. I know Cal and I were just talking about how much it meant to us as kids in the eighties and stuff. You sort of grown up right. on all star games where there is Sports Center, there is MLB at bat, there is interleague play. Um does, right. does did the All Star game have juice for you? No, I didn't I didn't watch a pitch tonight. I'm with you guys. I, I mean I meant I would have liked to watch the Grom. I happened to be out and then uh and then I got a bunch of texts telling me what he did. I wish I'd seen that, but um it right. has no juice for me. And I um even though did I grew it though? Did the, it as a kid? The, oh, absolutely. No question. Okay. And even though you guys grew up watching the 80s, I grew up watching the 90s. Um, even though there wasn't the 24... I mean, even though it was Sports Center and you could watch... You know, there were games on many different networks. There wasn't this 24-hour news cycle. Right. And there wasn't... And there, there was wasn't no Twitter. Twitter right. And there wasn't all this stuff. So it really... It still was very different, even in the 90s. You yeah, know, when oh, I was no, 10, no, 11 no. years old, I loved it. I was out with a buddy tonight. We're both huge, huge baseball fans. We both said, um, it really, it's for kids, man. Like, we loved it as kids. And right. a, big part of it, a big part of it is, you know, listen, I, I want to see Trout. I want to see Harper. 
there's some, you know, there's obviously some great players, but uh, listen, man, in, you know, you guys know this. I mean, in, in the 90s, when you had the steroid guys and you had McGuire and Griffey and, oh, yeah. and, and, and all those guys, it was just larger than life. And um, I think it's mixed. It was a mix of being a kid and it was like, you know, you looked up to these guys. It was a little bit different. And um, two, I, and, 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 and like you said, there wasn't this 24-7 media cycle where you know everything there is to know about these guys and, you know, you can just watch them on ESPN every night um, right. and see highlights of them left and right on every website under the sun. But you also, um, you know, I feel like the stars, when hitting was at its peak in a third era, so it was a little bit earlier, um, you know, obviously I'm glad the game was ordered today, but it was exciting. And, you know, you got to see Mark McGuire hitting um, these 500-foot bombs. And I talk, heard you guys talking about your all-star memories. And mine was 99. I was, I think it was 99 at Fenway when I was 11. Just seeing um, McGuire popping all those balls over uh, right. the monster. I mean, that was these larger-than-life figures, which, again, I don't know if that's – I don't know if it's – I think it's a mix of steroids. I think you're being a kid, so you look up to these guys and different when you're older. But, um, I mean, for all those reasons, no, it has no juice. I haven't watched the pitch, haven't been into it, uh, haven't been into it for years. And I love baseball – what did I ever have? But uh, no, it's just I, yeah. I couldn't agree more with you guys about the um, the rule with the home field advantage. It's stupid on so many levels. I can't get into that. It's insane. It's horrible. Horrible. The other the other reason I think it doesn't have as much juice is because of interleague play. I mean, we see these matchups all the time now. Yeah, so, I mean, right? you, so, you... so why it's not special anymore? a National League against an American League batter. Right. I mean, I remember watching Randy Johnson against Kruk, right? And that was like... Right. You you didn't get to see that, you know, and Kruk came up with his helmet on backwards and everything, and like, you know, it wasn't going to... And then Randy Johnson threw it over his head. Like, you you know, those those are the kind of moments that we see now in the regular season, so they're they're sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not unique at all. But that said... Don't you guys feel like this batch of young players, like I was watching a little bit of the home run derby last night, and we could talk about that too because right. they really they really fixed it. They really did. I, they, yeah, they, I, I think so. The format that they had last night, our, our buddy uh, Dr. E-Ray said, I wish they've had this for the last 20 years. I'd watch the home run derby every year because it, it, it was <laughs> – you know, it was clean and it was a, a smart competition. And it, was, but anyway, um, don't you right. feel like this this group and crop of young players can generate juice for young people? Like that yeah, that should be um, a, that should be enough in the All Star game. You shouldn't have the home field advantage. You shouldn't need it. Young kids like my my boys or whatever should want to watch the game to see Mike Trout play against Bryce Harper. Mike Trout and Harper, those are the guys. Those are the guys. Those are the must-see guys. I think. I think it's clear. I think you agree with me, or would you agree with me? Those. Those are really the ones too. I mean, those are the two best players in baseball. I guess Stanton's in that category when he's healthy, and Goldschmidt's in that category. But these two kids, uh, they do. They do everything. And um, yeah, again, the reason I'm not watching tonight is because I, you know, you watch, we watched Harper play 90 times against the Mets and 5,000 different highlights and. Trout, you know, you still see highlights from all the time, obviously, because he's everywhere. Yep. But um, I, I am encouraged by the fact that uh, the, the, it's a it's a it's a very the roster, they're young rosters, 
with some great, great, yeah, great they really are. young they're players, really which is great for the game. It's great for the game. No question about it. I mean, there was, there was, you know, one of the uh, the home run derby brackets was like Manny Machado taking on Jock Peterson. I was like, look at this. Like, these two guys. Like, Manny Machado, everybody kind of forgets, is only like 22. <laughs> yeah. He's you know, because he's, he's been up since he was 19. And so you sort of forget how young he is. Jock Peterson, you know, these these guys are – there's so many good young players that you can get. And they are they seem like good kids, you know? Like they Yeah, seem Chris like, Bryant, you know, absolutely. Chris Bryant, um, exactly. Chris, Chris Bryant. And, and, yeah. and why are none of these guys on the Mets? But they were, anyway, <laughs> another issue. Um, I knew hopefully you were going to. Hopefully right. Absolutely. But no, but you're right. I mean, listen, Jack Peterson, I mean – I'll be honest with you, I couldn't – him and Chris Bryant. I mean, I've watched Bryant play they, they played the Mets, and right. well, Peterson has to. They recently played the Dodgers. But i got to say, I can't even tell you what Chris Bryant looks like, his face or Josh Peterson. I mean, I've seen them play, but uh, I don't even know what they look like. I mean, right. Last night when, when Peterson came up, I wanted to see what the season – you know, obviously I know he's awesome, but I've never really seen what he can do. And it was um, – yeah, I, it, it was fun to see him instead of the same old – uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you had your you had your steroid guys who who didn't want to watch Sosa and roided up and cork fat his bombs. That was fun, but for a while there it was uh, it was boring for a long time. Last night was pretty cool because um you know you had a guy like Peterson and even Machado has been around for a while, but like you said, is young. So what's good about the game is that for all the amazing pitchers, um, a lot of great yeah. young position players and Correa too, who have come on the team yeah. and. They're awesome right off the bat. You know, you haven't, you haven't, we haven't seen that in the last five six years. Not, That's not great. from a position player, not from a position player aspect at all. Guys, right. let me position ask players. you. Right. Let me before we uh, get to the Mets, and, and we're going to get to the Mets in just a moment. Uh, <laughs> Ferguson, we will get to you. Um, that's Cal's dog, Ferguson. Uh, he is Wonderful. blind, and uh, he's. I think he's twenty seven years old. Um. Oh my goodness! And has, and has no idea we're doing a podcast. Yeah, he has no idea. So, um, I apologize. <laughs> if I was to make you guys just one last thing on the All Star Game, so I make you, uh, uh, Brad, I make you commissioner tomorrow, and right. right right after you take the team away from the Wilpons, uh, <laughs> right after you take the Mets <laughs> away be, from them. I would them, do that. Yeah, that would be that. Your, yep. that would be all of our first orders of business, obviously. Um, uh, naturally. But no, what do you do to the All Star Game? What do you do? I make you commissioner tomorrow. Right. First, um, uh, first of all, I take away. Sorry, I take away the home field advantage in a heartbeat. That's the okay. stupidest thing ever. I've always thought that. Um, and I think, although I'm not 100 percent sold on this, but I think I would take away a representative from every team because two reasons. A, a lot of these representatives are. Um, you got a lot of like relievers. So like I don't think Philly fans are tuning in to watch Tapelbon pitching inning if he pitches at all. He might have pitched tonight, I don't know. But I doubt it. But I think um I think that can do good, you know, if it's a it's a high young position player. Um but many times like it's a K rod or their sixth all star game, their fan base doesn't care. I don't think that's really doing anything to market I I mean right. from a marketing standpoint I don't think I don't think that's uh really you know, I don't think it's doing anything for the fan bases or for the game. Right. Um, and also the reason I hate that is because it takes away, obviously, um, deserving selections 
uh, it takes away selection from more deserving players. Obviously, I mean, Familia should be on this team, and a lot of other guys should be on this team. You know, not only do they deserve it, which is nice, but, you know, when you look at the Hall of Fame resumes and you look at a career overview, these Hall of Fame selections are so, so deceptive. Um, because I'm sorry, these uh, the all-star selections are so, so deceptive. Right. You, know, right? you, you, you look at guys' resumes, and one of the first things you see, be it Hall of Fame or not, whether it just be what he's done in his career, um, you look at the number of all-star games, and it's really it's not fair based on fan based on the, the fan voting for the um, starters and right. uh, who who you know was was picked. Obviously, guys are snubbed every year because of um, guys snubbed every year because they need one representative. Um, so I mean, I think that's just completely you know you, uh, it's it's unfair. I mean, every year it's a it's 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 not the best 34 players. Um, right. And I would just I would make it a I would make it a, an exhibition again. I mean, I'm not really sure there's anything you can do. I, I don't think those things help people watching the game. Um, right. I think I, I'm not you know it's a tough question. I'm not that sure what I would do to increase viewership, and make it more exciting. Um, but I would do those things, and I would go, and I would go back to the way it was. Obviously, with the representative that goes way back, but the home right. field advantage, whatever, ten, twelve years, whatever that may be. Um, and so I would do those things effectively. In terms of improving the product and making it more interesting and all of that, um, I'm not really sure what to do there because, you know, not that I was alive for it, but you know, you, you read, you, you hear about the '70s and Mays and, and Rose and all those guys playing hard and representing their leagues, yeah. and they weren't all buddies, and they played hard, and they wanted to win the game. That's just gone. And, you know, how do you get that back? You're never going to get that back for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. Well, there's there's um, a lot maybe, more. They make a lot more money now. That's true. <laughs> and they, that's and they true. share the same agents. And they share the same agents. And they share the same agents. You know, they all know and, each other. That's a good point. With free agency, maybe they played, you know, they played together for three years, and now they're on another team. And, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if you can ever get that sort of league pride back like those guys in the 70s like rose played in the national league right for, you know you answered, career, I, you I, said, I said i don't know why and you guys told me exactly why it's absolutely yeah. true they no, played no, the same I, league for their whole careers they didn't they weren't going from team to team they didn't know yeah. everything i mean they knew the players but they weren't buddies at all so that league pride's gone and like and it's never coming back because all the things you said the agents and their friends yeah. and everyone and and they make all the money i mean that's just the way it's gonna that's not going anywhere so uh, Cal, would you game more? Uh, that's tough. That's a tough. Yeah. One. Cal, would you do the? Uh, go ahead, Cal. What would you do? Obviously, you're going to take the Mets away from the Wilpons, and then that's the first thing I do, <laughs> and then address the All Star game. Right. That's like yeah, that's everybody's default. Right. <laughs> I actually, but uh, I heard Steve, Steve Phillips. Steve Phillips told a great story the other day, and it, it and it's a good segue into talking about the Mets, too, because when Steve Phillips was the general manager of the Mets, Sandy Alderson was working for the commissioner's office. And they were investigating the possibility of making the All-Star game count. So Steve, uh, Sandy Alderson was calling all of the general managers in baseball, and he was asking what their opinion was. He calls Steve Phillips, and he says, what's your opinion of making the game count? And Phillips was like, ah, I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's going to increase viewership, and it just doesn't make any sense. So Sandy Alderson says, well, that's great, but we're still going to do it anyway. I was just giving you a call <laughs> courtesy. <laughs> and that's just that's knowing what right. we know, well, knowing what we know about Sandy Alderson now, I thought it was a great story <laughs> that they they were forcing this agenda no matter what, 
and nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Yeah, the players so don't. Stupid. The play, I mean, the players don't like it. The managers don't like it. Like nobody does. And, and Cal, you talked um, a couple weeks ago about Tom Verducci's idea about the voting, which I thought was great. Like making it into a uh, what was it like making it into a presidential campaign almost? Yeah, he wanted to have like something called election day. Election where day, you right? You would go to the polls in one day. You would vote throughout the season. You would vote throughout the season for like primaries where you would get the candidates. So right. in other words, you weren't you couldn't automatically get you know eight Kansas City Royals into the game, but you could get them on the ballot. And then on one day, you would go and you would vote for your your All Star starters, and then they would televise the results coming in on the MLB network. And it actually sounded like a good idea. Yeah, like for each position, like you know we have the ballot coming. We have like you have like uh, phrase or. Um... You know, Frazier for third base, say. You know, Frazier and David Wright and, you know, Chris Bryant right. or whatever. Like, all you on the ballot. Like, and then on election day, it's like, oh, you know, coming in strong for Chris Bryant or whatever. Right, 47%, 47% of the polls have David Wright ahead, but we haven't heard from California. And, you know, right. And the idea was cool. I thought that's a, I think that's a great idea. I think they should institute so that. With, 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 with every with, – with, with that um, – Idea. Would every player on the roster be voted in? Pitchers, reserves, the whole deal? I think he was just talking about the starters. The starters, right. Right, the, right. The, the, that starting, uh, the starting eight. Yeah. But you, could do, you could do it for the pitching staff, too. You could do it for, and, and like, the top four vote-getters, say, or something, and then the, the rest could be named. You know? Right. Like, you could do it for the starting pitchers or whatever. But um, I, I just thought that was a, a great idea. And also, MLB televised it on election day and makes like a TV event of it. And then all of a sudden people are watching MLB network. Um, it's gotta be something like that. It's gotta be something extreme, you know? Yeah. Like, it, they, like they need to, they need to take the, totally different. the ability to vote in eight Kansas city Royals away. Like that's, that's not the spirit of what the game's supposed to be. We want to see the, no, you know, the, the best of the best, you know, I would also limit the rosters. I would make the rosters 25. I would take it down from from thirty five to twenty five. I really would. Um, and, and you would and would you take away the requirement that one player from each team make the All Star team? You know, I I have a soft spot in my heart for that because of the Mets and because they've sucked so often. <laughs> so that as a kid, yeah, where they got somebody on, like we talked about John Stearns. Like at least I got to see John friggin' Stearns. You know what I mean? Like no, or, and, or and the year I, that. Joel Youngblood made it. Right here, Joel Youngblood was it was the sole representative I, I, of the team. I I no, I agree with you. I'm not I'm not totally sold on what I said. I mean, I I I, I believe what I said, but at the same time, I'm fine the way it is in that regard. I don't think it's crazy like home field advantage. I mean, that's that's fine. That's fine for me. Although I think um, if that's going to be the case, I, I I would prefer that not so much stock is frankly put into all star games because, like you said. John Sturz and Joel Youngblood obviously shouldn't have been on the team over a lot of other guys. Um, right. So right. Yeah. I mean, little, your stupid, point is well taken you know? too. Yeah, your point is well taken too, Brad. Like maybe Joel Youngblood makes the All Star team that year over you know somebody who's who's far more deserving and that never appears on his resume. You know, he never gets right. to he never gets to put that on his resume. So it's there's a lot yeah. to it. I really uh, I want to get to the Mets uh, big time, Brad, because um, uh, Cal and I haven't been able to talk about them for three weeks, and so we're busting at the seams. <laughs> and um, good. I think That's we're good. all I love it. 
I think we're all parking our cars in the same garage when it comes to the Mets uh, as they come into the. I love also that phrase. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love. Let me ask: Did you get that from anything, or because did you get that from a movie? I got that from a buddy of mine years ago, younger guy. Too and he, but he had must he must have gotten it from a movie or something or whatever. They, but they I, say, I uh, heard they, it before. They, yeah, they say it in True Romance, the only place I've ever heard it, and oh, it's a brilliant line. I've never heard anybody say that. Lee, we park our cars in the same garage. We park our cars in the same garage. That's I it. love that line. I've never a heard body it. bag too. Coming home in a body bag. Now that was a movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, right. right. Um, tremendously right. underrated. Please, by the way. Um, I love that movie. I love oh, that movie. such a great movie. It's so good. Um, Fantastic. Awesome. Every uh, everyone in it is just—it's really well cast, and and of course, Quentin Tarantino. Cast. Yeah, Tarantino wrote it, and then he like took his—he took his name off it and everything. Just fascinating. Right, he wrote it, and then um, and then who directed uh, uh, Tony Scott directed. Tony Scott great directed movie. it. Um, awesome movie. So, you know, we we've been talking about this team. Uh, the, and the 10-game winning streak at the beginning of the season, and 10 game or 11-game winning streak, 10 games over 500, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How a lot of that mm-hmm. was fool's gold. Uh, but they right. they head into the break five games over 500, uh, just two games out of first place, a game out of the second wild card spot. With all that has gone on with this team, um, and yet, I'm not going to speak for Cal. I'll let him speak for himself. Speaking for myself, it feels like this team is 20 games under 500. <laughs> because I don't, I don't feel like they are going to position themselves. And this is what really, guys, to me, this is what it all boils down to. All the Michigas and all the nonsense all boils Michigan. down to. Because <laughs> right. now, now we're in the Catskills now. So. It all boils down to the idea that they are not going to position themselves correctly to make a run at the playoffs this year. I have no confidence that they are going to position themselves uh, either by making a move or, uh, well, I mean, you know, generally by making a move, but um, or are going to get help internally to make a a run. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Playoffs. And that's and that's infuriating to me. That is really, really, and it's something we've talked about since January on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were not setting themselves up to make a run. That the window of opportunity for this team to win, and these are all things you've written about recently, Brad. Right. The window of opportunity with this pitching staff to win is going to be very limited. And any time you have an opportunity in professional sports to get to a playoffs. You need to get to the playoffs, and you need to do your best to get to the playoffs. So, Cal, I'll let you go first. I, again, I didn't want to speak for you. Where are you with this team at the break? Yeah, you you, you pretty much did speak for me because that's exactly how I feel. I, I've been saying it all year. They are not committed to doing what they need to do to put themselves in the best position to make the playoffs. It's it, it won't take a lot. It really won't take a lot. And I, and I truly believe that they don't have to trade any of those young starting pitchers to improve the team enough to make a run. I'm not saying you have to go out and trade two of those pitchers for Tulowitzki or you, gotta, you, know, you want to get Todd Frazier and you have to trade DeGrom. I, you don't, they don't have to do that. But there are ways that they can improve this team 
to the point where Ruben Tejada is not your shortstop. You know, you got a better outfielder than Michael Kadire. You can trade some of your other pieces that you have. Hey, look, they love to brag about the fact that Baseball America has them ranked so high in, in, in organizations in baseball. Take someone else. Take two other guys and go and, and, and fill a couple of needs. That's all you got to do. But, and like you said, Steve, and, and like Brad has written, we have no faith that they're going to do that. The I'll give you guys a stat, Brad, and then and then um, I'm, I, I'd love to you know get your take or it, for you to expand further on what you've written about recently. But the, sure. one of my one of my buddies threw this one at me today, right? And this is all in line with if you just make some minor improvements to the lineup right. with that pitch with that pitching, you would be absolutely dangerous. Do you know what their record is when they have scored four or more runs this year? Oh my god! I mean, it's got to be. Uh, and this is a testament to how it's, good I mean, how good the, the pitching is. A and they have, B. They have to be like twenty games over. They more are, than that. They are thirty-two and five. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's but that that's, that just makes me angry. Well, of course, infuriates <laughs> me. And especially if you, we've been dealing with a guy who, like last year, Sandy Alderson loves to talk about run differential, right? Like we should be better than we are because our run differential is this and we've scored this many runs. And so if you want to be that kind of advanced metric guy when you're judging your team and judging where your team should be, well, guess what? If you score four runs in a game, you are 27 games over 500. Oh, so That's an go get, go get, a guy, right? It's it's sickening. It really is. Go it's get a, somebody that's going to help you score four runs a game. Because that's all you got. That's the magic number. You score four runs a game, yep. you will be twenty-seven games over five hundred. So, Brad, I know. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you uh, talk a little bit more about it. You wrote about it last week. You wrote a little bit about too about maybe thinking that Sandy Alderson should be fired if no moves are made. If um, you know, if he actually willfully neglects the season, which is what he's doing, um, right. do you think that's a possibility, though, Brad? Do you think that? I mean, really? Do you think Sandy Alderson's going no, anywhere? No, no. I think I think Terry will be fired, which is which I which I think is stupid. And I know, um, Sampy, I know you're not a fan of Terry. I I, uh, I am I not. Get that route, not <laughs> and I'm not saying he's a I'm not saying he's a great manager. I happen to like Terry and. I think, I mean, I totally see where uh, people have issues with him with some of his moves, no question about it. I think he has an impossible job. And I think he'll be the fall guy, and I think firing him accomplishes nothing. Um, I, th- I I could see it happening. Doubtful. I, I, I If they miss the playoffs, I think there's no question Terry will be fired. And, right. I mean, there's been no reporting of that, but I, I, I um, no substantial reporting of that. But, I, uh, I mean, I think that's something will have to be done after another losing season um, or missing the playoffs. And, and that's just the easy one. That's the easy thing. That's the convenient fall guy is, is Terry. Um, no, I don't think Sandy will be fired. Sandy, I, I, and that was really a frustration piece. It's just you're helpless as a man. I mean, listen, you're always helpless as a man, but the Wilpons, <laughs> they're not, they're not going to sell by any indication as you've seen, as I've written many times. I mean, yeah, they're no. not going to sell. And you so should t- every Met it. fan should every Met fan. I'm sorry, Brad. Every Met fan should yeah. really. I would never portend to tell people what to do, but 
even when they took over like the Ask Manfred Twitter yesterday, which was great. I love them taking over that hashtag and completely hijacking oh, it. Oh my god, Terrible it was idea. fantastic. Right. Absolutely, but, but they're great. never going to sell. They're never like we. You need to resign oh. yourself to that. You could boycott the stadium. It doesn't matter. They're not going to sell. They're not. I almost think. I almost think that um, the more boycotting and more. Uh, you know, protesting is actually working against it because I think it's now a big F you. Yeah, keep doing it. We're not keep trying. We're not going to sell as a big oh, absolutely. F you to all absolutely. you guys because yep. screw you because they're you know they're, they love their power and their status. And I was saying yep. here, well, you can't do shit about it. We're going to stay. Yeah, um, you can't. So I, you, you can't take this team away from us. They're absolutely right. Not. Right, and you know, there's no question these guys love their power. All these all these rich guys do, and you know, they they, they love they love it. So, um, no, I mean, I doubtful San Diego get fired. We'll just keep hearing the same long-winded raps about, you know, sustainable success. You know, we had, he had such a convenient excuse with Darnell and Wright being injured and, and losing Wheeler. Um, right. Which doesn't, which doesn't excuse him at all, as, as, um, as unfortunate as it was. But uh, going back to what you guys were saying, I mean, you know, uh, you, you know, you've read my pieces and you mentioned it, so you know exactly that I couldn't agree more with you guys. Is it's such a testament to how we feel that they are two games out of um, first place to the nat- um, behind the Nationals, one game out of the wild card of the Cubs, and I would consider it a miracle if they make it to the playoffs. I'd be yeah, absolutely right. shocked <laughs> right. if they get there. I don't even. I mean, listen, I'm happy that they're 47 and 42. Totally they, they took they they took um, four of six, which is unbelievable. I can't believe it. From uh, on, in California, and then yep. they sweep the Diamondbacks. I mean, that's great. I feel I feel pretty good about them at MFN these four days. But I mean, you got the rest of this month is absolutely brutal. You got the Cardinals this weekend. That's got sweeper and all over it in uh, at Bush Stadium. And then you got to face the Nationals, and then I think Dodgers and Giants again. The Nats again. Uh, another one with the Nats. I mean, yep. the one with the Padres um, who aren't playing well. But uh, I mean, it's. You look at it this way: they need to. They're uh, forty-seven, forty-two. They're on pace to win about eighty-three, eighty-four games. Since the second wild card has been added, um, no team has ever has ever won less than eighty-eight games uh, to make the playoffs. And they're, you know, they need to play at a pace where they're nine games over five hundred the rest of the way to finish fourteen games over five hundred at, at um, eighty-eight and seventy-four. And it's it's not gonna happen if you score. You know they gotta sweep some series, and you can't sweep series scoring one, two, and three runs a game. They need to hit that magic number four, and they won't they won't trade any of these guys. Which I agree with you guys. They uh, they shouldn't the big four, but you know some stupid player like Gerardo Parra or Will Venable would make such a big difference. Like you said, one of those guys. And we just need a professional. You know, I could just get me a professional hitter a professional in, in one hitter of those because, one of those positions. Exactly. Eric Campbell's not a professional hitter. Nora Ceciliani. Eric Campbell. Yeah, exactly. These He's the worst guys. player of all time. Uh, <laughs> Shame. And, and, Shame. I mean, look at Saturday and Sunday. Matt Harvey hits the go-ahead homer, and then Kirk hits three. Those two things will never, probably never, well, certainly Kirk, those two things will probably never happen again, ever. So they think. so easily could have lost those games. Um, and... You know, to me, and I wrote that in, in my last column that infuriates me is that, you know, um, they in a perfect world where you have some money, you don't need to trade any of these guys, and you just sign 
two or three better players in the offseason, done. And you have this pitching staff. Can you imagine this pitching staff with the 06 Mets offense? They'd win 120 games. I mean, <laughs> or even the 07 away yeah. offense. It, yeah. I mean, it'd be a joke. Why even play? They'd be the best team in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 um, like it's willful. Said, it's willful neglect. I think that's what bothers it's you absolutely the most. Neglect. And Cal has said it right. a number of times over the last few months. Well, well said. And it's and it's it's the idea also now that is developed where we're being told by Sandy Alderson and and over and over again about how they know better than we do and right. Smart you know, yeah, we're going to stay the course, and uh, this is why, you know, panic panic city. Yeah, arrogant defiance. Yeah, like, you know, panic yeah. city, right? You, you have to make fun of the reporters who are telling right. you that your, your team is in dire straits. I think the the West Coast trip was probably the the absolute apex of my frustration with the team because while it should have been enjoyable, they went four and two on a very difficult West Coast trip. Um, right. They, the way they had to win those friggin' games. <laughs> right. It's, it's like not you, sustainable. You, exactly. You, you know, you shouldn't have to live like this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you, if you have this pitching staff, you shouldn't have to live like this. You know, these are and, not... And no and, question. And it was, it's, it's not even a matter of fool's gold. It's a matter of, you can't do this every night. And no, you, when you no. win and, four out of six... On the West Coast, you fool yourself into thinking you can do that every night, and you can't. And hey, do you guys know really believe that? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Did in the game tonight? What's that, Cal? That's okay. Do you know what Degrom did in the All Star game tonight? Jacob Degrom in the All Star game tonight. Do you know what he did? I I don't. Okay. Oh my God. He struck. He he struck out Stephen Vogt, Jason Kipnis, and Jose Iglesias. On ten pitches. <laughs> the first all star for my for my friend ten. Dave who gave me the number to call in. The, the first all star ever to pitch uh, to record uh, to strike out three ten pitches or less in an all star game. I didn't see it unfortunately. I didn't get a highlight comment. Ten pitches. Um, unreal. Yeah, it's your one ball. And it so and how this ties into <laughs> our current conversation. It's a quick night. Well, how this yeah. how this ties in is get this guy some help, please. Get them all some help. Yes, absolutely. Get them all some help. You know, get them the, all some help, and uh, uh, yeah. What? But can nope. I ask another question, guys? Uh, not to sound like a whiny jerk, but well, I I won't. Um, why is why <laughs> is there an obsession in sports talk radio, especially well here in New York, with the idea that uh, one of them has to be the ace? Like, do we really need to do this? Are we really? Oh, you know, Degrom's the ace, and it's not Harvey. And, who cares? Well, who do you think says that, Brian? Who says that? Who do you think? Who do you think has made that a topic of conversation on their sports talk radio show? No, well, no, I'm t- I'm talking about what segment of the population likes to say that. Oh, I don't know. The Yan- the Yankee fans. Oh, the Yankee fans. Well, the Yankee fans get the conversation started. So, like the Yankee fans, they're the fans, ones that started. Yeah, they yeah. push the buttons. <laughs> they'll call. They'll call like Joe and Evan, or they'll call like Boomer and Carton, or whatever, and, and do the uh, 
you know, everybody, all you Met fans, you love Harvey, but DeGrom's your ace. Like, okay, okay, so uh, do we really need to do this? And that's why Harvey's going to leave. You know, Harvey's going to... I love that Yankee fans have now shifted to when DeGrom is going to leave <laughs> instead right. of Harvey. Right, Like, when is when is DeGrom going to be it, a Yankee now? <laughs> it's a pretty fascinating shift because, uh, if you guys have noticed, um, Harvey, I, I find him to be unlikable, and I always have him going he was unbelievable. Um, I, I really never liked him as awesome as he is. Um, right. But if you if you've noticed, I just, I'm just I'm not crazy about his attitude. I like I've always liked the Grom better. Well, I mean Harvey came up first, but if you've noticed um, Harvey's little things he does that listen they're harmless, but you know they could rub you the wrong way. Uh, Mets fans were defending them to the death, you know, Mets blog comments, all this stuff. Now that now that the Grom, yeah, now they don't care. Yeah, Harvey now is, now. It's... <laughs> Well, now right. all of a sudden Harvey uh, is a big baby, blah 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 blah, blah. and now you know, you know, is he crying, blah blah blah? He's a he's a he's a prick, you know, and 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 now now right now the Grom series, the Grom's the guy. Now it's all about the Grom. It's just yep. it's interesting. Before before you know, um, do whatever you know you know you put uh put pedals ahead of Matt Harvey everywhere he steps. He's the king. So right. you're seeing that uh, you're seeing that uh, switch a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Matt was that guy for two weeks. He was king of the city for like ten days. You know, he was right. God. Um, I think the I think the great I think the great thing with these guys that isn't talked about a lot is, um, you know, the, the, the one guy doesn't have to be the one or the or the Seaver and the you know the Kuzman or whatever. They're all going to push right. each other. They they all seem to like each other. They're all going to push each right. other. It's not like one guy has to be the alpha dog, you know. This is not a, a basketball team. It's not the NBA. Like right. one guy doesn't have right. to be the alpha dog. They can all push each other. And like Degrom goes and throws a shutout. Harvey wants to throw in the next night. Good. There's nothing wrong. And with there's that. no. And there's no way. And there's no question that Harvey is is juiced up and jealous that Degrom's in Cincinnati tonight, and which is a good thing. It's great. It, it is. You know? It's absolutely a good thing. And it, and I don't think Harvey, for all his uh, sort of affectations, you know, early on in his career with the Dark Knight and the character is, you know, sort of becoming like a character and right. uh, in in like the Met story and like becoming like a lead guy. And I don't think he's the kind he wants to win. That guy wants to win. No question, he a, he's a bulldog. He's, he's a competitor. absolute bulldog. He wants to win. And you know what? If he's pitching, he wants to win. If Jacob Degrom's pitching the next night. He wants to win the game. You know what I mean? He wants he wants to win. The guy he's the kind of guy you can see like even if he's not pitching, he hates losing. You know, yes. these guys are all like this. I think they can all push each other, but it's not going to make a friggin' difference because the general manager's not going to do a plastic thing. It drives me crazy because they have the worst <laughs> offense in baseball. They have the worst offense in baseball, and it's tough. I don't see it's it changing. Tough. And the fact that this team with this with this pitching staff is not going to make the playoffs. Um, is, well, is, there's is, the window. Prime. There's the window. Cal I, wait, is, it's, Cal's been talking about this for a while. Cal, right? You've been you've been saying for a while. There's a limited amount of time that you have with these guys, right? And to just you have you have until what? Well, have until 2018 because Harvey's there is there is zero chance Harvey's going to sign with the Mets. Well, Sorry. you you well, said you, one? you said he's the guy you trade, Cal, wouldn't you? I would trade him. Yeah, 
I would absolutely I would trade him next year when he proves that he's healthy. Right. He would be the one out of the I, big four or five that you would trade, right, Cal? Because he right, he seems the least likely to sign, right, Cal? And that's what you're thinking. I think he's he's by far the least likely to sign. So you right. and you could probably get the most for him too. Right, because of the name recognition. Um, Although people would probably tell you yeah. to Grom, but you you're right, Cal. And I in the right deal, I would be willing to part with him too. But that said. As you guys said, there's there's no need to trade one of those big four That's or five if exactly. you want to include Wheeler. It's, it's such a shame that you could have potentially five aces, you know, more realistically, three or four aces and a couple twos. And the fact that you, you have to, you don't have to trade any of them. That's what's so maddening. If you would just spend a little bit more money and sign and have a have you know the Reds offense or the Brewers' yeah. offense, you know the equivalent, and all of a sudden you're 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 far better than the Nationals. But, well, one um, of the things, one of the things, do do, do, go ahead, Cal. No, the 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 other thing about Sandy Alderson is he's this baseball maverick, right? That's what we've <laughs> been told. They wrote a book about him. That's what that's, that's Why what they say. He, <laughs> that's what they say, right? Where's the creativity to pull off a deal? Without trading that's the word. That's the word, Cal. The word is creativity right. because when I write the, when I write these columns and everyone rips me and says, "Well, you know, it's easy to complain, but who should you go get?" And I say, "Well, that's not my job because I don't get paid three point five million dollars and I'm not a baseball maverick. He should be figuring this out. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I can run the team. I can't. But he can. It's what he's supposed to do. What's the point of even having him? Why waste the money paying him and be successful or charge their salaries?" Shouldn't he be figuring out? Shouldn't he be making shrewd deals? And by the way, his deals, he's made two great trades as manager, as a general manager. The the Darno trade, of course, and and the Wheeler trade. And even those trades, to me, he got maximum in return for those trades. But they're not incredibly impressive deals because he he had all the leverage in the world, and you knew he was going to get rid of him. And granted, they, they worked out very well so far. But, I mean, I, I, you, you know, there was really not much risk involved. He wasn't going to get killed for any of those trades. He just had to get some big prospects. Turns out they've been very good. But I, what I want to see him, he hasn't made one trade that has improved the roster tomorrow and gotten rid what? of a top prospect or, or a player on the roster for a guy who can help the roster immediately, the major league roster. He hasn't done any of that in five years, which is, frankly, far more impressive than shipping a soon-to-be free agent for – a top prospect. And he, he hasn't well, done that in five years. I mean, he hasn't taken any risk. At, or well, done you anything just, yeah, you just hit a, a complete nail on the head, Brad. The idea of improving the major league team. We've talked about this so often. Over the, over the last, like, three or four years, like, every right. bit of his concerted, and it continues to this day, and every bit of, uh, of, of his efforts have been to improve the future of the team. Nothing is ever done to improve the team now, the major league team now. Like never, he's yet to never. make a move. Like even the signings, like the only signings he's made of Granderson and Kadire and, you know, uh, were, I guess, win now moves, but that's it. That's it. And even, and even a stupid little move like choosing to send down Logan Verrett because you don't want to lose a Torres. Right, both of both right. of which have been awful, and right. Verrett has been pitching great for a month, 
but he was you don't great. want to lose a Torres, so you're going to send Barrett down. So you're hurting your major league team because of that. Right, which he which he he seems to have a complete disregard for the major league team. He really does. <laughs> like he really like the most important it sounds ridiculous. It's insanity. The most and, important and the, the, team is like the Binghamton Mets. Like that's the most important the team that he right, has to make sure the Binghamton Mets are winning Eastern League titles. <laughs> right. We all know. Right. We, we we we. I mean, we all agree. I don't even have to ask you guys this because I know the answer. We all agree the Wilpons are are the biggest problem. But I mean, the Mets still have the twenty payroll. It's not like every team's operating at one hundred fifty and they're at like twenty. They still, they still have a big league payroll. It's not, he's not completely handcuffed. He can do something. Well, it's the perfect storm. And, you know, it's the perfect yeah, storm. Yeah. They both. Cal, Cal, you've said this a million times, and I, and I, I'm so coming around to your way of thinking. So, Brad, you'll like this. Recently, Cal and I had, Don't. we had always been at odds about uh, the Will Ponds and their ability to spend, and. Sandy Alderson's ability to spend. So I had right. long, I had long contended that, uh, not that he wants to spend, but even if he did want to spend, there's not money there to spend. And Cal has long contended that's not true. They have the money. They're just choosing not to spend it anymore on the Mets. And they have the perfect general manager in place who doesn't want to spend money anyway. So they can sort of blame each other. And I'm coming, I'm coming around to Cal's way of thinking more and more that they actually do have money to spend on this team. Maybe not $50 million, but they could put another $20 million into this team. They're just choosing not to because they haven't fully recovered from Madoff, and they're scared. Right. Uh, I, I think that's and, fair. And I, they I think, uh, please, go ahead. No, I was just... Going to say, and and they also have a general manager that's not going to push them and put pressure on them to spend the money because that's not what he believes in. Right. So they can blame each other. Like the Wilpons can be like, "Well, Sandy doesn't want to make the moves. We told him that the money is there." It's a beautiful And Sandy can be like, they can, "Well, they you know, each other. yeah." Sandy yeah. can be like, "Well, you know, I didn't know if I had the money, or I'm operating under a limited budget. You see what I have to operate under, whatever." So it's like You're this right. perfect storm. But I think I think, I think um, you're right, Cal. I think they could add money. I think they're just choosing not to. Well, what do you think, Brad? What's your opinion? I on think it? I think I mean I, I this is just my gut. My gut tells me that they don't have they they're very limited financially compared to what they were. So they don't they don't have much money to spend. I don't think because I can't believe they would be that as you said, willfully. Um, whatever beautifully said. Yeah, I forget what you said. It was beautiful. Um, just completely... <laughs> willful uh, neglect. Yeah, the phrase. Willful neglect, thank you. Uh, they couldn't completely neglect that much because it's so brutally obvious what they are doing, neglecting. Um, <laughs> I don't I, I don't think they have... I don't definitely don't think them, they have the money that they used to, but um, I do agree with you that I think they have more money and more leeway than, than they're letting on. Um, now, again, I, I, we talked about this last time I was on because from 05 to 08, they spent a crazy amount of money. So at one time, they were willing to spend. So I think now, if I could guess, um, just what my gut tells me, what history tells me, uh, they definitely don't have that kind of money anymore. But uh, I, I, I would bet that they could spend more than they are willing to spend. And um, 
maybe because of what they've been through and maybe because uh, they're just they're not in the financial standing they were, they're hesitant. And uh, that's kind of Sandy's game. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's kind of, he's not really a spender as it is. So I think <clears throat> maybe this whole Madoff experience has kind of jolted them. And um, I think part of it is... Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They, yep, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I, I mean... But I think I think it's fair to say uh, I, I can't imagine that they still aren't having financial difficulties and that they don't have that they you know could just spend freely. No, I think there's no question that they're hurt big time and that they can't do what they used to do. But but I I, I do agree and I would bet that that uh, they can do more than what they're doing. You know, I well, they, I, they, I, they, I, I I mean I yeah. I I I agree. I I'm not saying that they're they're rolling in it and or I don't think that they're rolling in it and they're just choosing not to spend it. However, I do think they have righted the ship somewhat, and now they're just happy to like, you know, they they've leveraged the Mets, they've leveraged S and Y, and I think at this point they're just happy to uh, have the Mets pay the bills. Right. And right. It, it's and not a matter of big risks anymore. Right, exactly. Or or putting money back into the team. Exactly. So like their real their real estate holdings and, and their you know, sterling equities and a lot of the other companies that were affected by Madoff have leveled off and the clawback is over. And so their 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 debt situation is more to the city and to I mean, Major League Baseball never even had them pay back the friggin' bridge loan. You know what right. I mean? So I just think they're like, Hey, we're not gonna go ahead and put money into this team. We're just gonna operate it on austerity for as long as we can and take, and take I, I think money out of it. You know, but they I, could I think spend we, money. They could. I, I think they could. I think they're probably good too. I, I, I think you're right. We've been through hell. We've owed the world. We've, you know, we've, we were had more money than God. And then this happened and maybe yeah. now they're back and maybe they're still hurting, but they're okay. And now you know, do we really want to, you know, put ourselves, in a hole again and take a risk. Uh, right. I don't know. Exactly. So I, 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 I think that makes sense. Unfortunately, we'll never know. But yeah. again, I wrote my column, not to point back that I sound like a dick, but when I said <laughs> either they're on, un- but I said, uh, to your point, I said either they're unwilling to spend or um, they don't, they're not able to spend, you know, regardless, it's, it's infuriating either way. Um, it is. And, and just going back, going back to Sandy Allison, I said, because they're not going to spend, um, Basically, I just said, let's have the next best thing, Sandy be fired. And I don't even know how much that would help the Mets, but I, I, I mean, I think it would. I think a lot of guys could do a better job. But more than anything, I think that uh, as Mets fans, I, I, I usually don't wish firings on people, but, um, you know, listen, I mean, we deserve, if they don't make the playoffs this year, which they probably won't, we need to see some kind of some kind of Yeah, action. you would think. Some, I mean, you would think. Something. Something. Something to show that that you know, someone someone pay for it, you know. And yeah. um, it's so funny though. It's so funny. We've we've heard Cal, you've said this too. We've heard so often about. You brought up the creativity before. That's really the key piece here, right? Like it's okay, Sandy Alderson, if you want to come in and operate this team. You know, the the Wilpons don't have the money, so fine. You come in and operate the team on a small market budget. But those those people operating on small market budgets are doing it better than you. Exactly. Like how come that, how the come they're word. able to do it so much better than you on a major league level? How come the Tampa Bay Rays are able to do it better than you? How come the Astros and, and have, the been, have been able to do right. a complete rebuild instead of half a rebuild? Well, you guys think there's something? Right. 
Sorry, no, I was just going to say, do you think there's, do you think that there's something to the fact that all of these teams that you mentioned, the Astros, the Rays, the Cubs, all these guys, they're being run by a, a brand new generation of a general manager, and Sandy Alderson is just sort of like clinging to an old school mentality or something that he thought worked 25 years ago, and it's just the, the game is not the same way. Do you think that has a lot to do with it? I think I, – I, see, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's a good question because um, he was kind of the so-called, quotes revolutionary of the old-school generation. He was the guy who they say he's old, you know, older. But the, he he was the guy who saw things differently, and he was kind of like right. the beginning of these Andrew Friedmans and the Billy Beans. So, I mean, isn't he supposed to be that, that guy, even though he's from the older generation? He's been around longer. So it's like, or have they? What the, the hell the is he doing? Yeah, or the young guys have taken his philosophy and just made it better, and he hasn't evolved. Well, that that could that could very well be true. And 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 Billy Bean, Billy Bean, you know who? Uh, you know, um, Sandy was Billy's uh, protege, and Pays are not having a good year. But look what they have to deal. Look look at uh, the, the the payroll limitations they have every year, and, and he's so creative. But. Um, I think you make a good point, and it could very well be true that maybe they've just learned from him or his philosophies, and uh, and they do it better, and it's passed them by. I mean, honestly, I don't know what the hell he does all day. I mean, he just <laughs> what, what does he do? What does he do besides send Danny Muno back up and down every every three days? Does it, what does he? I don't know what he does. How does he here's do? The, here's the here's Sick, the key. Man. Here's the key to me when it comes to him now. And I was a very staunch defender of his for, you know, for for a good long time. And now he's really so lost. So was I. Up until, about, up until about this all season, I was too. I, I, I was. Yeah, as well. he's he's really lost me over over the course of the last two years. Um, right. He's, he's he's lost me. And now you know. Now I just I he almost infuriates me because um, everything is moved to everything is moved to next year. You know. Um, but the, the the thing, guys. For example, you could take. A Jonathan now Matt gets hurt, right? So oh, you can't trade Nice. Look, you don't have to have an ace at all five spots in the friggin' rotation, okay? You don't right, have to right, have that. Exactly, exactly. So you, you can the definitely reason... still trade John Nice right now. And you know what? John Nice is never going to be. At, he's pitched really well of late. He's a lefty who's under control for uh, you know another couple years at a reasonable price. You could get a very solid bat in a package of John Neese and one of your, you know, your prospects, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be. Well, Michael Conforto is going nowhere, so it doesn't have to because he's the only position prospect that you have. Right. So, you know, or he's the closest to the major leagues. Dom Smith may, you know, eventually, but anyway, you could package John right. Neese with somebody and get a hitter that is going to help you. It's not. Because, it's not John... really that complex. And we know that John Neese, we Mets fans know that John Neese is not this good. He's just not this good. His, <laughs> his value is higher now than it ever will be. And we had a we had a writer on, on CBS New York Today who I just completely disagree with, writing about uh, Jason Kaidel, was writing about how um, you can't trade Neese, blah, 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 and how, because pitching, pitching, pitching. But it's, it's like you said, yes, they do need him to fill in for math because they score two runs a game. But if you trade him off, Maybe they can score three or four runs a game. And the reason they need aces, not that he's an ace, but the reason you need studs in 
one through five is because you don't score. So your offense sucks. Get exactly. And you don't exactly. have to have so, an ace at all five positions in the rotation. Right, Mets right, fans are right. obsessed with this. Yeah, yeah it's great are. that the fifth, it's great that the fifth starter goes out and gives you know throws uh, you know seven and two thirds innings of two run ball and loses the game two to one. Exactly. What, what, what good is that doing you? You know, when, I, that, I mean, when that that guy can bring you back a solid bat, it's just it's not that complicated. It's really not, except for the fact that Sandy Alderson needs to not just fleece you in a trade. He needs to take your wife out to dinner. He needs to right. completely embarrass you in front of your friends. Maybe tell a story about something you did stupid in college, whatever. Like he has to do all of that before he makes a trade with you. Well, that's true. Feel, Look at his, his trades. His trades have all been heists. I mean, that, that, that I mean, and a couple of the makes a trade. It's only the only way he makes a trade. Yeah. And total and, heists and 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 total heists where he has all the leverage right now, yeah. and, and he doesn't ha- he doesn't really have leverage. Well, that's yeah. a great point. Somebody somebody wrote that the other day about how GMs around the league are really enjoying the fact that Sandy Alderson needs to make a trade and right. and can't because they're all like they're all laughing at him now. They're like, yeah, remember when you called me up and you offered me like you know John Neese for Mike Stanton or for Gene <laughs> Carlos Stanton? Remember that? Remember? Right. Yeah. Well, it no, I know seems you like all the. It almost seems like the GMs around the league know or think, you know, whatever he is, that he is a a prick, and they just uh, yeah, I, I I don't think and 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 they and they they love it, and they don't want to work with him, and and right because he's offered these ridiculous deals, they like seeing him. Uh, you seen out. that he he's like the bad fantasy baseball owner now. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> exactly. The guy who's like tried to tried to get Mike Trout off your team for like you know Garrett Richards, you know for forever. You know, it's a good I, I, deal. I, That's good young pitching, you know. And then finally he needs he needs a guy, and you're like, you know what, buddy? Too bad. Sweat it. Right. It's almost like Sandy has to protect his ego so much that he can't even risk losing a trade, you know? Because yeah. no matter what happened with with the Darno and Wheeler trades, you couldn't really kill him for that because you, know, you knew you weren't going to resign those guys. And, Right. Oh, they didn't work out. They didn't work out, but but all the scouts said they'd be great. It didn't happen. So I mean, it's like it's it's like a, it's like a cop out. You yeah. knew. He, uh, I, again, I go back to no risk, no creativity. I mean, he asked for the world, and he, he was lucky enough that a few GMs gave it to him. But that's a that's a lot different than 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 giving up something of value and getting something of value. Yeah, totally different. Which yeah. he hasn't done at all. So last thing here, guys. Let's wrap this. Yeah. No, never at the major league level. Heavens forbid. Um, Ever. La- Ever. Let's let's wrap it up here. Cal, I'll ask you first. Um, this team going into the second half, you really foresee them? Uh, uh, just do they just get destroyed over the next ten, twelve games, and, and does that put an <laughs> end to this or what? Yeah, I told I told you on Saturday or Sunday. Was it Saturday or no, Sunday? It was, it was Sunday. Yeah, what it was Sunday, right? And I yeah. Before the game on Sunday. Yep. Not now. I didn't tell you that Neuenheis was going to hit three home runs, but I did tell you that <laughs> I had a feeling that Sunday was going to be like the last great day for the Mets for the season. They were going to win. Oh, that's so true. Five, so true. Five game winning streak heading into the All Star break. Two games out of a playoff spot. Everybody's going to be going crazy about them. They're going to be talking about them for five days because there's no games. 
and they're going to come out of the break, and they're just going to get eaten alive in these ten games, like to the tune of like two and eight or three and seven yeah. against all these first place teams, and they're going to be right back where they started from a week before the trading deadline at five hundred, four or five games out of the playoffs, and all the momentum going in the other way. That's what I think is going to happen. I hope I'm wrong, but that's how I feel like it's going to happen. That, Brad, that is you... so. That is so likely going to happen. It's unbelievable. Yes. Um, I, again, I'm not saying it will happen. I, 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 I'd probably place a bet that that will happen. I think that's uh, that's so messed. But um, we've seen it no, happen I so think many e- times. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think even if they do get destroyed and lose um, eight of ten or, or seven of ten, which I could totally see. You know, even if they fall out of the race, they'll pull their stupid uh, August, you know, their September where they win a bunch of games at home and, and maybe they'll finish. Uh, I, I still think they'll win 83 to 85 games. Um, even if they fall out of the race, they'll they'll get hot again at some point and, and they play too well. They play too well at City Field and they have too much good pitching to totally fall off. That's why I think they'll win 83 to 85. Um, but uh, it, it, it won't be enough. I think it'll fall short. If they make it, they make it be miracle. It's like I said, just like you guys both think. Uh, just like you guys said uh, as well. So it's amazing that none of us have any remote confidence <laughs> that they'll make the playoffs. Um, but I still would. I could see, Cal, I could see absolutely this uh, horrific start of the second half, even if it does, you know, like they always do, they'll rebound and win some meaningless they games at home in yeah. City Field. You know, they've they got nine more games against the Phillies and a bunch of games against the Marlins. They'll, they'll win some of those games. But, um, no, I think the Cubs are, are just much better. The Nats, even as completed as they are, are better. And, um, you know, it'll be another uh, playoffless uh, October in Queens. Incredibly depressing. <laughs> On that note, good night, everybody. No, um, the, uh, <laughs> I just want to say this. What, what do you guys uh, think uh, Terry Collins' uh, second-half records uh, are with his, uh, with his ball clubs? This feels like a setup. Oh, it's a setup, Cal, Doctor. Do you, you want to start, Cal? <laughs> uh, second half, I'm going to say he's at least at least 15 games under 500. Yeah, I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm trying to find the numbers, but um, uh, it, yeah, right. It's so not. they played um, how many games have they played? They played 89 games. Yes, right. It's seventy three games. Wow. Fifteen under, I'm not I'm not even that negative. I'm not that negative. Um because they have nine games against the Phils, they play well at home, they have pitching. I Oh I no think, no, I um, meant I meant I meant Brad, I meant for his career no, yeah. as a manager. In his career. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, his career as a manager. Yeah. Yeah. He's Oh god, he's not, I gotta look I gotta look at those teams, numbers. His teams are not very good second half teams. It's just let's just oh, put it right, that way. Right, 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 right. Wait, wait, hold on. So, refrain your question one more time. Are you saying yeah. second half for his career? Yes. As a that's where that's where I got the fifteen games. Yeah. Do you, do, you, uh, do you know what his record is in the second half right now? Career? I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to find. I think we. The only reason I I say this with such confidence is I believe we did this before. <laughs> I believe we did well, this yeah, last. No. I think we did it last year. Right, well, we we know he's under 500 for his career overall. Yes, overall okay, he's, he's uh, a he's, career loser. Right, he's actually. I don't uh, mean, he's, he's, he's 492. 
uh, win percentage for his career, which I'm amazed it's even that high. He's 476 with the Mets, um, 351, 386, but I'm trying to get the split. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's, they've started. That's 35 games it's, under with the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like they always have winning records or close to it in the first half. So, they are, I mean, yeah. Well, the Mets are certainly terrible second half team, but under him, yes, they've also been starkly terrible. Yeah, he's got um, some. I I think if you go and take a look at some of those Astros years and some of those Angels years, you'll see some uh, some not great second half results. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Although I do know now that you say that, um, I think the Astros choked a few times when, when right when he was with them. I remember hearing that, and I think the Angels did as well. So yep. that makes sense that it would be a second half collapse. And God, he, he had good. Eight teams there. Nineteen ninety six Astros on Saturday, August thirty fourth. Uh August thirty fourth. August thirty first. <laughs> also known as September fourth. Um uh on August thirty first they were eleven games over five hundred. Jesus. Right? They finished the season eighty two and eighty. Oh my goodness. They, they lost, lost nine but, games but listen, in a month. Auntie, I mean, yeah. but tell me this, listen, <laughs> I, and I, res- I respect both your baseball minds very much. You've been watching ball longer than I have. But listen, my whole thing about Terry Collins is this. And, um, and again, I don't think, I'm not saying he's a great manager, but you, you do agree that his job is so brutally difficult being in 2-1 games every single night, right? I mean, God, he, the guy I never has an A2 lead. I think his job has, he's a terrible Strategic manager, terrible. Think so. He, you think so? Oh, he. Oh, I have seen things. I'll give you two examples, Brad. I have right. seen. Yeah, tell me. And, and one of them, I, uh, one of them, I, I still can't even really wrap my head around. Because <laughs> I, I've been watching and playing baseball for a long time, and I've never seen it. And he defended it. It was my favorite thing. Wait, Sampy, Sampy, did you, you you played baseball in college? I did. I did you, for, you a, for catch, a little right? bit, not the not yeah, not the whole time. I played for my first two years, but um, wait, wait. but th- okay. this is this is this has never been seen before, never never since. I got I actually got in a fight with Rich Catino about it on Twitter about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's 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 ugly. All right, yeah, go ahead. It was, and he's been on the show. Um, Rich defends everything the Mets have ever done, but yeah, continue. Yes, um, the <laughs> he's, he's so, a good guy. Yeah, I can't remember the game. Cal, can you remember the the? I can't remember who they were playing, but um, maybe the Cardinals. Murphy is Murphy's playing second, and Flores is playing short. This is last year. And, right. And uh, there's a man on first. There's one out, and uh, it's late innings. And the the batter hits a comebacker to the pitcher, and uh, and for some reason, Daniel Murphy <laughs> makes a beeline for second base to cover second base on a comebacker. And Wilmer Flores is looking at him in, in stunned disbelief. Well, like the two of them go to the bag, right? And Wilmer Flores is looking at Murphy like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" But probably in Spanish, right. he probably said. And so, whoever the pitcher was, it may have been even may have even been Familia. May have been an eighth inning, and Familia right. throws the ball in the center field 
because nobody's actually at the bag because they would have run into each other. Right, they're just standing to the sides of the bag. Right. Right. I think so I remember they, this one. Right. So, so the conten- and it cost them the game. So the contention is, so after the game, they're asking Terry Collins about that, and he said, that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's Murph's bag there. Now, in the history of baseball, unless there's a shift, right. that is never, ever, ever the second baseman's bag. Ever. I, I think I learned that when I was six. Six years old. Probably. Well, what's amazing? Six years I, old. I, I mean, it's my, never. My it's never. There's, no, there's no defense of it. There's no defense. The shortstop always has the easier play there. He is moving towards first base. He is coming across the bag. You will see a pitcher after uh, there's a man on first. There's less than two outs. The pitcher will, when the guy gets on first base, he will look at the shortstop and he will go, you got the bag. And he will do the little hang loose Hawaii thing. Every pitcher does it. <laughs> They're always pointing to the shortstop. Everybody in America knows that if there's not a, if there's not a shift on, the shortstop has the bag. Why? You're, uh, because it's a really hard double play for the second baseman. Really hard. Absolutely. I mean, it's is no turn. It's 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 a picture perfect. Uh, it's, picture perfect no, one six three. But 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 um. See, here's the thing. I, normally, I would pretend that Murphy is just in, but then <laughs> then Derek Collins goes out. Derek Collins goes out and defends that, which which doesn't make sense. I'm very glad that makes no sense. There's 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 Terry Collins as a strategic manager, and let's not. We don't even have to talk about the bullpen management, which is god awful, or the fact that he's yeah, married see, to playing. Pete, the bullpen management, the bullpen management. I, I struggle with that because I think that is so remarkably. Listen, I think you have merits with the bullpen management, but I. I I get a little frustrated with that because I think when he's got to protect these leads, and he, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I think, I, no, no, I, I think it's so hard think, at night after night. You know what I mean? Mike, I, mean, my, I think my, there's a lot of second guessing. That's all. My contention with it has always been uh, it's over management theater. There's too many times where he takes a guy out in in the bullpen where he doesn't all need right, to. That's fair. Let the guy go sure. after him. Let the guy, you know, let the the kid who's gotten two guys out. You don't have to then go lefty lefty just to go lefty lefty and bring in Feliciano. I, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Torres just to go lefty lefty when Torres doesn't get lefties out. He's horrible against lefties. I think if reasonable <laughs> fans like yourselves, you know, put it that way, I think I would feel differently. But instead, I'm reading these mess blog comments and these guys are ripping him for keep it in the ground too long or not or taking out too early and it's just you right. know it's, 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 it's almost mostly too much. It, it's mostly baseball stuff with terry collins but the other part that i will contend is a major factor and cal i think you'll you'll go with me on this is that he's wound so friggin tightly that all of his teams play uptight and play dumb they make so many mistakes on the base pass. They make so many mistakes in the field. And he's just he's just wound so tight that I don't I don't think he has the ability to keep a team loose and to have them play, you know, play the right way. I hate that expression, but it's true. All right. And he he was notorious, you know, obviously in Houston and uh and Anaheim for for being that guy out, his players didn't yeah. like playing for him, and he and apparently, you know, I mean, I've been in the clubhouse a little bit, but not much. And they they say right. that he turned he turned the corner in 
New York and he's more relaxed and he's not that guy anymore and and who knows? I think I think my question for you is are his players dumb or 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 do you truly believe that he is one of the tight and it affects his piss play, which very well may be true. I think there's true. a little bit I, I think there's a little bit of both of it. I I just I don't think I would sum up Terry Collins this way. I don't think he's the problem. I think he's right. a a problem. Yes, I that's think he's, fair. he's I, one I think, of the problems. I think the reason I get frustrated with the, with the Chiefs not is just because. Okay, that's fair. See, when you put it that way, it's not helping, and he, and 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 it could be better. Totally fine, and, and I I really can't dispute that because I scratch my head a lot too. But it's just I think I think it's it's such it's such a um of all the problems in my mind it's so right. at the bottom right. of the total and, 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 and you know what especially this year especially this year you know what would you, would you expect some of these boneheaded plays out of a team that's managed by Mike Sosha or no. Joe Madden you don't see them or somebody that's really good you don't, you don't see, see them it. I can't. I can't. I can't I, even I, rationally I talk about Joe Madden. <laughs> no, no, no. And 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 you're right. But then you look at Daniel Murphy, and I mean, he's still doing these things under Mike Sushi because he's just the dumbest baseball player has ever lived. You know. <laughs> but 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 he I really mean, is. I mean, he he's really not is. Mike Sushi and Joe Madden. Don't get me wrong. No. Those guys are better managers than Terry. Don't get me wrong. I mean, of course. But um. But I mean, he happens to have some. Dumb players on his team, and Daniel Murphy is just—I mean, for all he's probably the best player on the team. But God, base running, fielding—you know, not coming second base, not all that stuff. When when Murphy charged a bun from second base, <laughs> have you ever in your life seen anything like that? Instead of covering the first, he, the baseball he, he, is, uh, he, is missing. He 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 ran parallel with Lucas Duda. At first base, <laughs> they ran side by side, charging a bunt. Right, but you got to say before. this stuff. Forget, forget for a second. TC as a manager, tell me you wouldn't at least like to, you know, down the line, have a, have like a glass of whiskey, smoke a cigar with that guy and talk baseball. He's an old, he's oh, a badass sure. old school baseball guy. Oh, yeah. You got to love all Terry I want to do with him though. I don't want him running my team anymore. <laughs> I just That's I want to have fair. I want to have a I want to have a, a Manhattan. And talk about right. and talk about uh, you know <laughs> Mo Vaughn. That's fine. We could do that exactly. Mo Vaughn and Darren Urstead. I, I, Darren I agree Urstead. completely. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think I just kind. Of, I think there's something about him that I'm just like I want to give him a hug. I love Terry. <laughs> but listen, everything you're saying, I, I can't argue that. What? Wait, um, Siciliani, plot suicide squeeze. Are you okay with the call just poorly executed? I didn't have I didn't have a believe it or not I didn't have a huge problem with that one because they, they just either. cannot yeah. score runs. No, and you, you got to try something, and and that should should have worked. It's Daryl Siciliani up at the plate. It's not you know. But it, but again, who's in the middle of it? Who's in the middle <laughs> of that? Of course. <laughs> right, of course. By the way, but have always, anyone ever heard perfect. of Daryl? Did you guys know Daryl Siciliani before he got called up? I really don't think I ever heard of that guy in my life before he got called up. I I know about this stuff. As I actually heard the yeah. name. Yeah, I heard the. I remember when they drafted him. Um, Jeez, you know, he was like that. he was like in the fourth round or something like that. I I I remember him being a college hitter, and I like that they drafted a college hitter. But um, but right. he, it's not like he was. Right. It's not like he was tearing up the minor leagues or anything. It's, no. You know, 
Nobody, okay, nobody position player-wise Would you call up Conforto this year or not? I would. You would? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. But I, but I, I didn't have a problem with them calling Kirk back up instead of Conforto. Or um, instead of Cicilliani. Or instead of Cic- or mostly He's instead a better of Cicilliani. Player than him. Yeah, he just is. He's just a better Major League Baseball player than him. Um, you would have thought right. they were bringing Joseph Stalin up when they were <laughs> bringing him back. <laughs> I mean, he's not that bad. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I'm a little torn on it, but I, I think uh, I think I bring him up though. You know when I'm you know when yeah. I'm bringing Conforto up, I'm bringing him up in August after I don't make a trade. That's when I'm bringing him up. Well, do, you, do you think there's? I mean, do you think there's any chance? I uh, he's not coming up though, right? I don't think he's coming up. I don't think he. I don't think he will. I don't. I think yeah, Sandy is gonna. I think guys. I think Sandy is gonna cruise the rest of the season, and just yeah, say we were we were all injured and try to hang in there, and the pitching will keep them in it, and they'll hover around five hundred, and yeah. he's gonna say, oh, it wasn't worth it to make a move this year because we had so many injuries, and because you know, and 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 right. it's all about two thousand sixteen until it's all about two thousand seventeen. If if he'll direct quote, you know, this is archive. If Davis and Travis play 120 games apiece, we win 93 games. He'll say something like that, some stupid yeah, line like exactly. that, which, exactly. which might be true. That's exactly, right. which might be true, but it's not. It's not the point, you know. And it's not, and it's not true. It's not true because even as that team was constituted, if nobody got hurt, they still needed offensive help. If well, they were 13 and three though. When they were all healthy, they were thirteen and three. Not with Wright. Wright only Wright only played nine games. He played eight games. That's true. Yeah, Wright only played eight games. <laughs> eight games. Although, although so, I kind of agree with I kind of agree with Cal that that they might. No, no, no. They did need more offense. I, uh, they'd offense be better. Off, they needed more offense. They'd be better, but they still needed more. Coming into the off season, and we talked about it here. They needed more right. than just Michael Kadire. Right, right. No, that's right. true. And the problem is, the problem is, if they all stayed healthy, if they all stayed healthy, I think they're probably there's a really good chance for a playoff team. But because, because a injuries are always going to happen, so you, you knew that was going to happen. And if you have a Trout or a Harper or a Goldsmith or Sander or McCushion or a handful of other guys, superstar, you can afford to lose a couple guys to injury, and your lineup's not hurt that badly. But the Mets, they don't have any stars, so Real star. So if you lose one or two guys, you're in deep. You're you're in deep trouble because the yep. rest can't sustain it. So that's that's. I mean, we we, and we talked about that uh, when I was on prior to the season. I mean, and and it happened. Yep. No no positional no positional depth. He left them without any mm-hmm. positional depth in the organization. There's no positional depth. Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve, you always say you say it perfectly. Steve, it was a half a rebuild. Half a rebuild. He built the yep. pitching. That was it. Congratulations yep. on your that's half true. a house. <laughs> and, and 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 what about Nimmo? Do we do we do we have confidence in him? I mean, he was drafted the same year as Polecki, and I haven't seen his stats recently. But it doesn't look like he's coming up anytime soon. I don't know how good he'll be. I think he did. He get hurt, Cal? Or no? He played in the he, yeah. Did he play in the he futures game? The other day? Yeah, he was yeah, in the futures game. In the game, but he was he was hurt earlier in the season. I I happen to like that kid a lot. I'm not surprised that Conforto has passed him so quickly because Conforto was a major league hitter and Nimmo was an 18 year old out of Wyoming who didn't even yeah, play high school baseball. They didn't even have a they didn't even have a, they didn't have a, right, they didn't have a high school team. That's right. Right. Yeah, he played he played a lot of CYO. Um, he's playing but, yeah he's playing sandlot ball with cows and chickens. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I still everything I've seen out of the kid. Uh, I, I've had some friends that have seen him in ba- that saw him in Binghamton last year and and really liked his swing and liked his approach and. Right. Um, you know, I, I think he has a chance, but you know, so we'll be great in seventeen. He's fantastic. I was gonna say, is, is Sandy's whole is Sandy's whole plan to have these pitchers and an outfield of Lagares and Conforto and Nimmo? It's a pretty stupid plan because they're all gonna be together for like a year. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's two thousand seventeen for their that's own. It. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's the year. And then, and then they'll lose in Game Seven, you know, like in the NLCS, and that'll be that. And then we'll we'll have missed our chance at our at our World Series. It'll be another rebuild. Exactly. And, <laughs> and we we talked about this last time. I, like you said, you said this at the beginning of the show about professional sports, about the short window and pouncing, you know, striking the iron when it's hot and, and pouncing on yeah. it. I mean, look at look, look at those six. Right, we were going to be great for the next decade. Not yeah, yep. that worked out awesome. You know. Yep. How how'd that go? This, well, I mean, the, the, the Nationals, the Nationals are suffering from it now. You know, the idea of of sitting Strasburg in 2012 and just saying, "Oh, well, we're going to be here every year. Let's not worry about it." Well, you haven't gotten back. You've never gotten to the World Series, and you know what? And Strasburg has been hurt like three times since then. And, yeah, you know, right. you 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 don't do that. You don't. No think you're going to get there every year and every year you're going to win the World Series and look at us because every year is a unique, delicate flower. I feel and like... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And you know what? You win the World Series that year and then as he sucks the next five years, it's more than that, worth it. Doesn't matter. You got the one. It doesn't matter. You got the one. Just get the one. And I mean, do you guys think you'll see him that's championship in your lifetime? You already have, but you think you'll see another one? I don't. I mean, I'm just cynical. I, I don't think I'll see it. <laughs> it's not going to happen, man. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I actually, I you I'm know not. what? I, I actually do. I do think I will see one. I love I that. I love that. I have to. Otherwise, what the frig am I doing? <laughs> What's the point? Well, why are we talking about it? Wait, hold on. You right. guys were how old? You guys were how old in, uh, in 86? 12. Yeah, ask. 12. 12 and a half, yeah. All right. So you, so you guys are obviously, I mean, that has to be, well, that'd be undoubtedly one of the highlights of, of your childhood. Oh, that's that's the sports highlight of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, that's that's the pinnacle. Nothing like peaking at age twelve and a half. We're gonna we're gonna let you run, buddy. Right. We gotta uh, we're gonna wrap up. Thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, hey, and, man, it was a pleasure. Let's do it again before the end of the season. Absolutely. Keep up the great work uh, over there on, on CBSNewYork.com. Uh, and uh, we're really enjoying reading all this stuff. And thanks for hanging out, brother. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a ton. All right. All right thanks, Brad. Uh, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's the best. <laughs> he's just such he's – the kid, he's just – he's got it. He just he, – he starts getting loose and just talking about it, and he's just into it. And I just – I love it. I love it. But you know what's – but you know but you know what's good? And we, and, and we joke around about – about our age difference with him, but we're all on the same page. When it oh, comes absolutely. To the absolutely. We, all, we, we feel the exact same way yep. about it. We are all feeling the same ridiculous pain. Ah, oh, that was enjoyable. Anything else you want to talk about sports-wise? Uh, no. All right. You good with... <laughs> you good with... You good with uh, the Yankees uh, making the playoffs again and having this great run? 
Yeah, 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 and they'll have home field advantage this year, so that's great. Oh, did the American League win? The American, I think they won. They won in six two in the eighth. Spoiler alert. I'm just, I'm just speculating. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> worst, worst sportscaster ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speculating. Do you imagine that in a sports broadcast? <laughs> totally speculating. The American League won a six to two tonight. Well, at least they were winning in the eighth inning. I'm speculating that they won the game. I'm going to I'm going to go Back ahead. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Jim. Thank you, Jim. Um let's bring PJ back in. Kitey. Kitey Tong. <laughs> um PJ just listened to uh an hour and a half of riveting Mets conversation. Is he is he still there? Oh, he's still there. He's still here. I was taking copious notes, as a matter of fact. Ooh. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> Let's just see about that. I love the Mets <laughs> All Star in 1982. <laughs> I love that jazz musician, by the way. Copious but notes. That's my copious favorite jazz. Mus- that's my favorite jazz musician. Copious notes. <laughs> <laughs> if I were a jazz musician, that would totally. Totally be my yeah. stage name. Totally. Yeah. You dig? You guys dig? That's for like I a dig. vocal group like Manhattan Transfer. The copious notes. <laughs> Opening for Manhattan Transfer would be copious notes. Boo de ba doo beep ba ba doo da boo. A lot of scat. A lot of right. scat from copious notes. But like uh, four part harmony. Four part <laughs> harmony scat. <laughs> like a combination of the Manhattan. And transfer and the mamas and the papas. And the, ma- <laughs> the copious notes. The copious notes. <laughs> There's a, a lot great. of sexual tension on stage as well. Right. It's a great name for a jazz club too. The copious notes. Copious notes. And playing at the co- playing at the copious note will be copious notes. <laughs> Basically this this phrase is a winner. It it's it works it works for a lot of things. Uh Peach, I have a list of things to ask you about. So I just want to jump right in. Go right in cuz I I have to I have to I have to be off by 12:15. So let's go. That gives me 38 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Start playing so the we're music. Doing, we're doing speed round fun mode. We're going to lightning um, round. It. Right, we're lightning round. Um True Detective, I have not yet watched. Um, I have, obviously, the four episodes to catch up on. It doesn't sound like a question. uh, However, I am hearing in many places disappointment. Would you characterize yourself as satisfied? (laughs) Somewhat satisfied. (laughs) Overly satisfied? Or unsatisfied? It's a different animal. And I, I'm telling you, people are are they're holding it up to the last one. Boy, at this point in episode four last season, we had already seen A, B, and C, and we're just not seeing it. The energy's not the same. Yeah, the energy's not the same. New scripts, new director, new actors. It's so well saying, done. So you're saying satisfied. It's well done. Okay. All right. I just want to know what I have to look forward to because I've I've been told in a few places not so great. Without well, I'm actually wa- I'm watching something more closely right now than True Detective. I'm I'm 
I'm planning on uh, doing a binge watch weekend of True Detective because you know I like to uh, study and critique. Yes. I don't just I don't just watch for the plot. I, I start to go crazy with it. Right. Um, but first, I, I'm trying to get down all the episodes of uh, the new season of Orange is the New Black. Is that a... Wow. So you're into it, huh? I love that. Did you always, or did you just get into it? Uh, found it, found it kind of by mistake. That was one of those. Uh, I was trying to choose a, a program on Netflix, and I was already on the treadmill, so my hand was kind of shaky, and I, and I just, and I just kind of hit it. Right from the you know they they threw Wait. up about five recommendations and that hold was the on. one I, I hold hit. Hold on, um, um, Brian Calvi, RT Sports. I have a question, PJ. Yes, Brian. What uh, what was the program you were trying to select? Mm, pro- I was probably going to restart Arrested Development. Because I think I was on a list of Netflix uh, Netflix shows. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, sir. And, okay. And Shaky Hands led to Orange is the New Black. And Shaky Hands led to a totally different program. Right. That's their tagline. <laughs> um, but I, I am a fan of, of that. I think that's really well done as well. Um, uh, now I've heard the third season is problematic, deep. though. Once again, what? Why? Why? I don't know. I'm just. This is what the people are saying. I I have a big problem with people, with people. Who, who, <laughs> who build all their disappointment on this year is not last year. That's fair. Different season, different characters. They're not all the same. There are new people in the show. People grow. People have died. The, people the, the focus shifts. Spoiler alert. Well, <laughs> it's a prison <laughs> Would movie. you say this year is the new last year? This year <laughs> is the new last year. And it's not going back. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start saying spoiler alert that way. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, now you were watch, you were watching Kimmy Schmidt, weren't you? I watched two episodes of Kimmy Schmidt, and then it was all over. Oh, Kimmy split. Shallot. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Gene <laughs> Shallot's with us again. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. Couldn't get into it. It was okay. okay. It was pretty funny. I don't know. I'm having such an episodic problem of late. You know that. We've talked about it. What, like an occasional problem or a problem with episodes? No, I just, I, I just, like it, it really has to grab me for me to invest the time. Like Silicon Valley was the last thing that I've invested the time in that I just could not wait to watch. It was that good. Yeah. That did not disappoint. No. Second now, was that was, the same as last year, or was it, in fact, different? 
I I think it was a here's one of the problems. I think people have a true detective and I haven't watched it yet, but it's also a serial, right? So last season has nothing to do with this season. It's an entirely different no story. There's no there's no exactly. There's no connection. With Silicon you know how they're Valley, the same the opening song is just as depressing. That's how they're right. the same. <laughs> well done. That's stuff to do. Um <laughs> Silicon Valley built perfectly on its first season. So its first season was very good, laid a great groundwork, and then season two was astounding. Like building on that season one. So the you know, the characters all grew a little bit and and, and that sort of thing, but the story itself, the commentary on Silicon Valley and invention and, and you know, that you know that sort of thing all grew. I think that's why that's exceptional. But um, I, I, I have to ask you, there were two trailers that came out this week from Comic-Con. You have to. There's actually, actually three, I'm sorry, three trailers. Oh, all right. Um, well, well, two trailers and a, and a video piece. The video piece from Star Wars. Um, I can't even wrap my head around how excited I am for it now. I can't. My excitement, yeah, my excitement grows. My excitement is through the roof. Cal, did you see this uh, this video for for Star Wars Episode Seven? Yes. I with Princess Leia. I can't. I can't talk about it. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm gonna say this right now, guys, and we're gonna talk about it a lot more before December. If this movie disappoints me, I may not go to a movie ever again. I'm saying it. You're putting a lot on the line here. I, You know what? And I'm willing to put a lot. Of, I'm putting it on the line. I'm Love isn't always on time. You laying it on the line? <laughs> Is that Starship? Wait, what's Jefferson that? Starship, I think. Lay it on the... Is that how that goes? No. Laying it on the line. Laying it on the line. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's terrible. Starship. That's Starship? <laughs> yeah. I like how gleefully you decide that that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I totally forgot about that song, though. Oh, that should be I like... it. terrible. Oh, it's so good. Um, would you? Where would you put your expectation level now for Star Wars, Peach? Eight, eight million, nine million? Um, um, oh. <laughs> it's what what they're doing for me is allowing me to keep the faith. Okay. You know, sometimes you release too many trailers and too many teases, and all of a sudden you go, mm, I don't know now. Ooh, I don't know. Wish I hadn't seen that one little part. Ooh, this right. is not happening with Star Wars. Star Wars, I'm just like, bring it. Oh, bring it. I need, bring right. It. <laughs> right. All gravy, bring it. Okay, so that's the first trailer. Or first Cal, trailer. Uh, Cal, would you would you put yourself at eight million, nine million ex, uh, expectation level? Oh, I'm tempering it because I'm always afraid of being disappointed. Right. So I'm like at five million. Okay. I'm at a solid Googleplex. 
Um, Infinity. Infinity. Trailer number. You got one of those bracelets. (laughs) Representing your anticipation for Star Wars. Star Wars Infinity bracelet. And 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 a sign on your car. The fish. The fish, right, exactly. Um, Is that what the fish means? I'm in for Star Wars? That's what it means I always now. wondered. Right. It's, it's for y- episode seven. It's Yoda. It's the Lucas fish. Right. <laughs> or it's the J.J. The Abrams fish. It's, it's the Abrams fish. It's the Abrams fish. Um, PJ, trailer number two. Yes. S- Superman versus Batman. I always liked DC Comics better than Marvel. All right. You said that like my grandmother. <laughs> I always liked the DC better than the Marvels. <laughs> so declaratory. I love it. It's totally like my grandma thing. Like I always cared for the DC more than the Marvel. The Marvels were never good. I preferred the DC comic over the Marvel. And as a kid... One of my favorite comics that I always used to reread was a Batman versus Superman uh, comic. All right, so this is in your wheelhouse. It is. The only thing I was worried about at first was Affleck. And I'm not worried anymore. I'm okay. Okay. I'm pro Affleck. I, as am I, I've been long been pro Affleck. I have the t shirts to prove it. Um, the campaign buttons, I've long been. Too far as I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, but you go, girl. <laughs> Gone Girl, exactly. Well, while everybody oh. was going Dame, while everyone was going Dame, and you were going Affleck, I was going Affleck. I was going Actually, a- I was a Gone yeah, I was Girl. Going is that a messed up movie or what? Meh. <laughs> you didn't walk away from that saying that's messed up. Meh. Not really. Oh man. I mean, it was okay. Right. I told you. I we talked about it when I saw Gone Girl. I was like, okay, I'm not uh, okay. I, I I watched it with Teresa, who had read the book, so she knew what was going to happen. I found so its darkness to be a little bit uh, unique. It was a kind of darkness I hadn't seen. It's pretty dark. Oh, it's very dark. Pretty dark. Cal, you didn't see it, right? I was told not to. <laughs> Don't you? Well, that's we right. Had this conversation. That's yeah, right. You that's received right. advice. You were you were given the advice not to see that right. by counsel. And you you're, and you're, you're going gonna, to you're, you're <laughs> going to have a problem with this. You're going to accept counsel's advice here. I did. Under the advisement of counsel, I've decided not to watch it. Yeah, that's you made the right move. Um. Back to this trailer because we because we got to wrap up because I got to go to bed too. Um, oh come on! I was only joking. I can go to like one thirty. No. <laughs> he's got a long walk to the to the bedroom. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's got to so fly back to the second time. floor. I forgot. He's got yeah. a, he's got a two hour two hour commute tomorrow. Um, the uh, the trip. <laughs> well, I have have that man carrying me. The um, we've been carrying you for years. Oh, hey, uh, hello. Hey. Not even true. The uh, because it's false. 
that trailer bothers me. Here's what bothers me about it. It bothered me about Man of Steel, and it bothers me about this. And it's not a religious thing. Cal, I think I told you this already. Like, the the Jesus Savior stuff. Can we go easy on that, please? No, I love it. I love oh, it. no. Come on. And it's not a religious yeah. thing. You know, you know why? Because I've heard that story before. I don't like when that happens. It's like in Star Wars where the the Trade Federation has a trade embargo and they're fighting over it. Th- those are real life things. I don't want to see that. Like, I, I know the Jesus story. Why, why is why is he Jesus now? Well, because Jesus promised to come back and now he's gonna. Yeah, I know. Great, and he's gonna be Superman. Is that the thing? I it just I don't I don't care for the imagery. It's just too much. It's a little on the nose, don't you feel? The coming down from from the with the you know the sun glare and the I mean come on really no I always liked it I always liked it I did that he comes out arms stretched oh come on like a Creed video <laughs> now that would go too far that's the line with arms wide open. In the rain. Yeah. Other than that, I thought the trailer was fantastic. Now, are they they are they building towards uh, a Justice League kind of thing? Is that what it's called, Dawn of Justice? I would guess we're gonna, so. We're going to end up in the Halls of Justice, narrated by uh, Ted Knight. Ted. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Halls of Justice. Halls. Hello. Halls of Justice. <laughs> Monroe. <laughs> um, I I certainly hope so. And then the last trailer. Wait, Suic- and the glimpse of Wonder Woman. Oh, and the great yes, awesome. And Were I think you not I, entertained. I like him as uh, Lex Luthor. I think. Think I'm okay with Jesse Eisenberg. Thank you. Couldn't think of his name. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm okay there. What um what did you think of the Suicide Squad trailer? I like movies that look slick and that looks slick. Yeah, I I I thought it was good. It looks dark. Oof. Yeah. I hope so. Well, it's yeah, it's it's a strange subject matter. But uh, I thought it looked good. And now, what did you think of Leto as um, Joker? Excellent. And uh, see, they're—they know that they're up against Joss Whedon here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're—that vibe now is firmly in place over the Marvel series. Right. The snappy patter dialogue, and and. You know, funny, funny, tragic, tragic, funny. That you know, the whole, the way it, you know, the way he lays it out. Right. So I think for DC to keep the uh, Christopher Nolan vibe, right, it is super smart. They got to go dark, Everything. right? You got to go dark and epic, dark and epic. This is Get much me. more serious than you understand. Get Muse on the phone. Right. Oh, that's, see, that's what they're missing. 
Get, we're going to need a soundtrack. Get Muse on the phone. <laughs> we need the music of the apocalypse, please. Thank you. And get get, get me Hans Zimmer now. I love the, the uh, Dark Knight soundtrack. Love it. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, Suicide Squad looks, um, I mean, first of all, Harley Quinn. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you my, my Uncle Morty? <laughs> <laughs> Certain things get certain things get my attention. That did. I mean, Harley I mean, Quinn. Lito was, hello, Lita. Yeah, Lita was nice <laughs> and everything. He looks great with the cap teeth, but can we rewind for a second? I didn't even recognize her. Who's she now? Oh, I have no idea. I. Uh... I, I don't keep you up do. with you kids. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think. She, yeah, I don't think she's a uh, a well-known starlet. She will be after that movie. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Hello. That's the Halloween costume of this fall. Yeah. <laughs> For you. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Wow. I want I'm <laughs> trick or treating in Freehold this year. I got to see this. And are you going to go see Ant-Man? I, uh, I'm i not going to go see anything, but I I, I will... <laughs> this... <laughs> let's, let's be serious here for a yeah, second. No I'll chance of getting anything. The next movie I will see, I can you can write this down. The next movie I will see will be Star Wars. In the theater. Whatever year that is. No, no I'm, December, I think it comes out like December 15th. That is the next movie I will see. Um, but I am interested in Ant-Man, and I am pleased that it got decent reviews, it seems. Because I, I like that um, Paul Rudd. I never thought I would say this about Paul Rudd, but only Paul um, Rudd could have been Ant-Man. Only Paul Rudd. Probably. If that guy was not an actor, that movie would not be made. They would, <laughs> They could not have greenlit it with anyone else. Really? Oh, Boy, Deadpool. We have Deadpool. We didn't. See, I didn't see the trailer for yet. I heard oh, it was very man. good. Is that uh, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. That one is. Yeah. That's a hard R. Rated. You know. <laughs> yes, I've, I've heard that. <laughs> that's a hard R, not a soft R. That's a <laughs> hard R. Not a soft R. <laughs> that's a pirate. That's not R. like. That's not like, you know what, I'll bring Danny. You know, it's probably just a little violent. It'll be okay. No. It's new like, all the time. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a different kind of cursing. It's nude and guns. <laughs> it's nude guns. <laughs> I, I, I'm already happy about that one. Nice. They're opening for copious notes, by the way. Nude guns? Right. <laughs> Again, I'm there. You're in. It's an it's an eclectic bill. I love it. All right, let's wrap it. They're open for, for nude guns. Eclectic bill? <laughs> I think we got a festival. <laughs> BJ, final unload. A little quiz. For you on the fi- in the uh, final unload, I'm going to give you the cast list of the movie 
please name the movie. Alec Baldwin. Kevin Spacey. Oliver Platt. David Duchovny. Harrison Ford. Some of the roles were small. Wow. Alex Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> Oliver Platt, in a much smaller role, David Duchovny, and in a much larger role, Harrison Ford. Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. Your um, answer will. Uh, Air Force One. Now you know that that's wrong. Why would you even swing at that? Wait, that was Raul. Are you not? Are you not going to tell us till next week? Also appearing, Olympia Dukakis, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, oh, working girl. Is this Mars Attacks? There it is. Very good. Mars Attacks. Wow. Working girl. <laughs> Wait. Harrison Ford's in Mars Attacks? No. It's Working Girl. It's Working Girl. The answer was Working right. Girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that... I am exhausted. All right, then. Working... Oh, yeah. Hey, David Duchovny's in Working Girl? Yeah, he's in the party scene. No, he's in Mars Attack. <laughs> but why male models? Cal, final unload. <laughs> hey, I have a quiz, too. Okay. This, this, is, this is fun. I think PJ will get this right away. Uh, we're, we've crossed over into July 15th. It's after midnight. So, July 15th, uh, what happened 30 years ago today? 1985, July 15th. Uh, uh, well, I know that I bought all the U2 albums. Why did you do I, that? Because Live I Aid. just seen them play Live Aid. Ah, exactly. 30th anniversary of Live Aid. 30 years. I don't have a quiz. Today we eradicated hunger in Africa. (laughs) That's it. We did it. It all ended that one day. (laughs) Great job, everybody. (laughs) Way to go. Way to go, Boomtown Rats. (laughs) For my final unload, it's good to be back. I missed you, boys. All right, we'll see you next Aww. week. We're ready to unload. Count That's not a quiz. <laughs> no. Here's a quiz. No, How many rooms are in Steve's new mansion? <laughs> All right, I'll give you the over-under. It's 42. <laughs> <laughs> it's way under. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, boys.
Bye. Copious notes. <laughs> Eclectic Bill.